Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. He's got it. He's got it right now. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, here we go again. Let me... Welcome to Freefall RC Podcast. This is episode number five, Flight Test. My name is Steve. Here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Jeff. How's it going? And we have a special guest host, Fred Provost. Hi. Uh, so for folks that don't know Fred, we want to kind of go into a little back history of Fred, and uh, we've got a couple questions for him. I'll start it off. Uh, Fred, how long have you been flying RC? <laughs> well, I've been trying since, uh, since, a, since I was a kid. Um, I, I, I made all the, the terrible pitfalls of going out and uh, trying to buy used stuff. Uh, back then, we had something called the Wanted. It was kind of like a, a paper version of Craigslist. <laughs> and uh, as soon as I was able to drive and scrape some money together, I'd go out and I'd buy like used airplanes trying to get it, you know, something that, that was, I thought, cheap mm-hmm. and already built. And uh, yeah, that never, never ended well. And that's why you know, I've always tried to tell people, hey, save a little bit of money and, and spend it on something that will actually go in the air. I don't know, uh, mid-90s or so was when I was able to first get something to, to actually fly. I had a, one of those old uh, GWS um, Cubs, the little Piper Cub. Nice. I ran off a little uh, seven-cell NICAD battery that was, you know, immensely heavy. And, and just the fact that it flew at all was amazing. And, and, you know, early electronics with that stuff and the old, you know, beer cooler foam that, uh, you know, you broke it. You had to glue it back together. Cause, um, and brush yeah. motors, right? Oh man, yeah, oh, yeah. Those, those nice scrapey soundy brush motors. Now, did that have like a gear ratio drive thing on it? Yeah, yeah. They had the gearboxes oh, and uh, just really really bad chargers, so you'd you'd burn up batteries because you didn't know to you know handle them properly. And yeah, those are those are fun days. Yeah, that reminds me back when uh, I which plane was it from Tower Hobbies? I bought one uh, PT Electric. It was like a white and blue one. You had to build it and everything, and that that didn't last so long. <laughs> Yeah, the, the I think the perfect trainer was what the PT stood for. And, yes, uh, yep. But yeah, I mean, and that was the thing that killed me back then. I mean, you 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 had to be, um, you had to be a, a craftsman with wood. You had to be able to be a, someone that could put a, assemble the electronics and get a glow motor to run or to figure out a, a, how to get the, the electric motor run. And then you had to be able to uh, to cover the thing and then get it all balanced out and all that stuff. And if you didn't have someone helping you, you weren't flying. Yeah, the balancing part is what got me every time. CG was a mystery to me. And hopefully you'd get a flight in before it all came tumbling down. Or, or flew away. Or flew away. Right. right. <laughs> it's funny you say when you have to be a woods craftsman. Uh, I was talking to a guy at the field not too long ago. We were talking about old helicopters. And he said, yeah, we had to, we had to like carve the, the blades out of wood ourselves because there was nobody making blades for the helicopters. I was like, are you kidding me? And he was like, wow. no. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine doing that. Imagine trying to balance those two when carving Yeah. It's hard enough getting uh, your order from the International Warehouse from Hobby King. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, Uh, back then, I mean, you know, the the internet was still new. You were still ordering out of the catalogs. Yeah. Right. Or or you actually did something crazy, like went to a hobby shop. (laughs) Yeah, there was none by me, so I would have to call Tower Hobbies and place an order in. Or use that little mailer that was in the catalog and send them a check. Yeah. I'm still going to the same hobby shop that I was going to years ago. And I was into the RC cars, Fred, when you talk about the uh, 
the old batteries, man. I can remember charging those up for my oh, cars yeah. and stuff back in the day. Yeah, with the Tamiya connectors. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the wall chargers that like charged at like 0.5 amps. <laughs> well, mine was I had to I had to I could only charge it off the car, so that was, oh, that was my yeah, that's, way of charging. Yeah, that's what I had. Mm. You had to clip it onto the car battery or plug it into the cigarette lighter. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. Uh, so let's see what do we have here. Um, what kind of what's your favorite RC aircraft, or maybe you can go into favorite FT planes. Well, uh, I, I got into it, you know, because I, I loved Warbirds. I mean, that was that was really what kind of uh, drew me in. My dad, when I was a kid, took me to Oshkosh for the uh, air show up there. Nice. And uh, he would back then. I mean, I was a little kid, uh, six, seven, eight years old, maybe. And uh, he would he would let me roam the entire grounds, you know, free range. And he could find me by asking people for the uh, kid that was in camouflage from head to toe because I was just I loved military stuff so much back then, and uh, you know so I wanted to see I wanted to be able to see those planes fly, you know, all the time, and so I, that's what I kind of migrated towards is the uh, the warbird stuff. But um, as you know, that that makes a terrible trainer. So you know the uh-huh. Cub and stuff like that appealed to me. Um, but more recently, I really you know I've really taken uh, an interest in the FPV stuff and the quadcopters. Um, you know, I don't have a, a good flying field near me. Uh, I got to drive about an hour to get to one, and and so a quadcopter that I can fly anywhere un- underneath trees and around them, uh, that that really kind of expands my my flying capabilities or flying abilities. Um, and so, uh, but uh, cool. this year up at Flight Fest, um, Josh gave me a Sportster to try out back before they were released, and oh man, I fell back in love with fixed wing again. That plane just flew amazing, and. Uh, so yeah, I, I and and it was fun to build. I had a good time putting it together, and and uh, so now I'm, you know, trying to I'm dusting on, and now I'm 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 at a new place. I got a, a a nice big shed that I can work in. So I'm I'm breaking out all these old you know glow sized planes that I was wanting to convert to electric, and and uh, yeah, I'm actually starting to think about you know putting some of them together and getting them flying. So is it a Sportster? Is that a new one? The Sportster, yeah, it's a it's a fairly new um, planes, a little low wing kind of. Almost cartoony, um, golden era looking plane. It's like the the speedster, I think, with ailerons. Yes, it's yes. got the um, it's got a more wing. Doesn't have the the um, right multi camber wing there. The uh, and uh, the polyhedral. That's what it was. It was polyhedral wing, and and they got the straight wing with the ailerons, and it oh, it just flies amazing. Everyone I've handed it off to loves it. Oh really? I got to try that out. Yeah, I've yet to build that myself. I got to try that one. So I know you um, you did some volunteer work with Flight Fest uh, this past year. Um, how did you get involved with Flight Test? Years ago, I was you know really big and you know I was just starting to figure out the the FPV stuff, and I was looking up every single video I could, and I came across these videos of of uh, plane flying up at cloud level. You know, it was a real low flying cloud, and and this this plane was up you know up at that level and and getting some just amazing video uh, footage, uh, and it was just the most amazing video I'd seen. So I, I contacted the guy and said, hey, that's some great stuff. Do you have more? And what kind of led me to that is he had a logo attached to it, which was, you know, flight test. And it had a kind of an orange starburst with a silhouette of a uh, uh, mini ultra stick. Okay. And, uh, right. And the person I ended up contacting was Chad. And nice. he's like, yeah, it's funny you'd ask. I, I'm actually working on something. And he was telling me about flight test. Um, and so I, I kind of latched onto that right away and, and, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I pushed for them, you know. To, I wanted to support it however I could because I didn't want them to get burned out. Here's a bunch of guys doing this for free at the time, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they're trying to find sponsorship, trying to figure out a way to monetize it some. But um, yeah, and I, I'm like, you know, 
helping them out on, on RC groups. And then they finally got the you know idea to put the forum together and I, I helped organize and, and work with that and just, you know, expanded from there. Nice. Cool. So you got in there real early when, when a flight test was just beginning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I, I lucked out. I mean, you know, talk about walking in on the ground floor. Right. Oh, awesome. Uh, so what did you actually like to be more specific about your volunteer work? Um, what did you kind of do in the last? Uh, did you do Flight Fest 2014 too, or was it just? Uh, no, I, the, I'd, um, I did 20, uh, 14 and 15. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the work I did, I, I I can't claim full volunteering on it. They did count me on some of it. Um, what I did was, uh, I, I do volunteer coordinating as part of my career. Okay. And uh, they had originally wanted me to come up and just kind of like MC or something as a as a thank you for the help I've been given with the uh, you know the, the the forums and stuff up until then. And I, I didn't want to get up in front of the mic and, and, you know, just talk to people and have them wonder who I was and why I was talking to them. Right. <laughs> um, so I said, hey, you know, do you have somebody working with volunteers putting that together? And they said no. So I said, well, can I do that? Well, <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, <laughs> that, that, that is an amazing event, Flight Fest. That I, I kind of got misquoted by a, a, a newspaper last year. Uh, when I was explaining that it was a, a kind of a happy accident, I didn't mean it to sound like the success was an accident, um, but that just everything clicks. I mean, everybody, the, the people that come together there, and everybody wants to chip in and do something and help. Uh, yeah. The amount of work that that Austin, I mean, he's a young guy and he's he's mm-hmm. just got a grasp on this stuff like you wouldn't believe to to put that event together the way he did in as in a short of time as we did last uh, the first one, blew me away that that the, the what they were able to accomplish uh, and. You know, last year was even better, even with the rain, um, the uh, and the and all the all the all the disaster that that brought on. That that you know, I mean, the people still just, I mean, they jumped in and chipped in, and, and the the volunteers that 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 worked uh, the flight fest, they, those guys were amazing. I mean, they they gave up so much of their free time to and travel expenses to come and, and sure, yeah, yeah, work that event. And uh, I mean, if you get a chance to volunteer for that, uh, I'm I'm. Not it's not looking like I'm going to make it to Flight Fest 16, uh, but if you get a chance to volunteer, jump up there, go in and give my. I mean, just even if it's just for a couple hours a day, or you know, one of the days you're there, uh, it gives you a really interesting insight to how that works and 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 you know who 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 it is that puts something like that and makes it operate. Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly say it and encourage people to jump in and, and help. Nice, awesome. yeah, yeah. I Definitely. had a I had a little story. Um, I met uh, a couple of guys the first year 14 and uh they had just i think they had come up to just talk to me about different things and we got to talking and one of them, one of them's uh one guy was from hawaii i think and the other guy was nick yeah. my buddy nick simpson and uh so this year when we got there we left re- we left kind of late and it wound up getting later and later and we wound up showing showing up at like uh i think one o'clock in the morning one two o'clock in the morning and who's the first guy i see with a flashlight is my this guy nick and i'm like Holy cow, Nick! How are you, man? We started, you know, talking, and and uh, we wound up staying up. I think another hour after that, and I was just like, it was so nice to see like a familiar face, and and uh, he was like, yeah, just park it over here, and we'll figure things out in the morning, and and uh, you know, he wound, wound up hung, hanging out with us and just BSing for a while, and it was cool. And then I got a chance to, uh, you know, we got a chance to talk about his two hundred percent Spitfire and all that stuff. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, he had quite a plane there. He had that up on uh, Show Central, right up next to the full size one for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah and he's, I, I, that kid is an amazing builder. I just can't, I can can't get like talk about his building skills enough. He's just really good builder. 
yeah. how he covered that and put retracts in it and had a little hatch in the front for the battery and everything. It was it was really cool. Yeah, and he didn't do it, you know, the simple method either. He was using pull pull, you know, for all his linkages and stuff. Like, yeah, he he did oh, yeah. it right. Yeah, oh. yeah. So I guess you answered my question. I, I had a question about did you get a chance to fly at all at at Flight Fest because you were running around like crazy on that four wheeler and with the rain and all that and. <laughs> Oh, so I feel yeah. bad for guys. Like I don't know if Josh gets the chance to like rest and fly. I don't know if a guy like well, you gets a chance to to actually you know chill out and fly a little bit. Josh did, um, but it was I don't know how much relaxing it was. <laughs> you know, everybody would come up to Josh and say, "Hey, can, can you made my plane for oh, me?" Oh, that's right. And, yeah, and, right. yeah. So they kept him busy. Um, no, I mean all the guys. They they they. I mean they they worked all day. I mean it's. It, it's surprising how exhausting it is just to go out and socialize. Um, you know, you, you think it'd be a relaxing thing and you're hanging out, but I mean, there's so many people. And, and the, the strangest thing is, um, you know, it's, uh, having people that don't know you come up to you. And uh, I, have, I, I haven't had it happen to me as much, but you guys, you know, once you get the podcast and more people start listening, you'll, you'll experience this. You know, people will come up and start talking to you like they know you. Right. And, and you, you, don't know how to react because you know I don't know this person, but they've listened to you and they, they you know these 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 people watch you know Josh on the on the show and and feel like they know him that way or listen to him on the podcast, and yeah that's <laughs> but Josh and and all the guys Austin and Alex and all of them handle it with such grace. Those guys have just been so so awesome to everybody that that comes up and talks to them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. They're like one of the nicest people I've ever met in the hobby. To tell you the truth, you know, like all of them are just great folks, and got to give it up for the the Fury family too. You know, hosting Fly Fest on their property like that. And I mean, last year with the rain, you know, there was some mess on their property, but, you know, they took it in good stride and they're great people. I got to say, John is, is awesome. I, I love that guy. He, uh, he, uh, he would, he would like race you to, to go and empty the trash cans. He was the guy that owns that property. He's, he's, he's mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, he's, he's playing host as it is and he's out there like, you know, trying to get the trash before anyone else can. And, you know, his wife, wow. I mean, she was just awesome. She <laughs> made sure I had my coffee. And, and nice. she was just the sweetest woman. And she, yeah. she did a great job mowing the lawn, too. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. yeah she was I out there. Just, that either. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and, and it wasn't a, a comfortable day to be out in that sun. She was, but she yeah. just was working. But, yeah, I mean, those just those people were just, just again, it's it's that kind of stuff that, that makes you excited about being in a hobby, to have that kind of people that you could look up to and, and, and are that generous to help you out and, and uh, you know, invite you in. Yeah, it's awesome. Now, I wanted to ask a question because um, we got there early before the, the rain came in. We got our, you know, we were able to get our camper in a spot. And then I know you guys had shut things down for a while was that like uh how did you guys work that out where like will everybody will park down the street and try and run yeah, that up? I, did you guys need permission to like start loading up a parking lot somewhere or they, they, yeah well the thing is um fortunately john and 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 family are are fairly well respected in 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 town there right and uh yeah they were able to kind of reach out and contact some folks and and uh get the permission to to use some of those satellite parking areas and uh, I, and I got out and I was out talking to some of the people that the folks that run the church next door and talk about I mean just the most amazing I mean that that is just a great neighborhood to to have that event at because the the neighbors were so accommodating here we are jamming up traffic and and you know <laughs> causing all the trouble taking up all parking spots at the park and and the church parking area and all that but the that again it's just it's it's so refreshing to see that kind of you know positivity that 
that you know everyone was welcoming and encouraging. It's funny because I've I've told this to Josh and and the guys that when I come out and we've been, I've been going out there for a couple of years. Stephen Stephen Jeff and I went out to the Neff thing and we've been out to Flight Fest. And I, I'll I'll say I feel like I'm coming out to real America when I come out here, you know, because we're all from the 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 New York metro area where everybody's got an attitude. Everybody doesn't mean to have an attitude. It's just that's how it it's is a, up here. And it's a social coping thing, I think. But yeah, I, right. I, I always say that it's like I come out here and I can relax a little bit, and you know, everybody's really cool. They take the time to see how you're doing, and you know, you have a little respect for everybody. And so I like Definitely. going out there. Yeah, and it seems like the people care out there while, you know, in New York City, people just want to keep to themselves. They don't want to, you know, get involved in anything, so they just kind of look down and walk. But, yeah, you go out there, and everyone's so polite, and it's just it's a definitely nice, you know, meet people like that. It's great. Let's move it along here. Let's see what we got. Uh, how, what have you guys been up to this week? Let's start with, uh, start with Jeff. Switch it up a little. This week, um... Unfortunately, not too much. Work has been crazy. I've been working a ton of hours, um, exhausted when I get home. So I haven't been able to do much other than clean the garage up a little bit. Um, I also did get a really nice uh, space heater so that I could work out there in the uh, in the winter. Nice. Sweet. But it, I, I, I actually got a nice Craigslist steal on one of those, too. Uh, little kerosene heater. Oh, yeah, nice! Yeah, and I feel guilty because here I am in Florida, you know, saying I need a heater, but uh, <laughs> you know, it's been right. down twenty five degrees a couple of nights lately. Oh, so you must be north northern Florida area, right? Yes, yeah, very north Florida by Panama City, Tallahassee, Pensacola. Okay, okay, yeah. So just just setting up um, the garage, just making some room. That's getting ready for that racer build. Getting ready yes. for the build night. We're building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, we gotta yeah. do that, man. I, I still want to build that cargo plane. Yeah, if so. we do that, we're doing it inside, though. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, you ever cold. see that plane? No, it's, it's pretty big. <laughs> we're gonna need some room. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's it's really cold in there unless you're right in front of the heater. Uh, so okay. Unless, unless the three of us want to share one table, <laughs> it's a bit Maybe. cold. You know, we, we all shared an RV out of Flight Fest and yeah, basically, you know, lived together for those uh, three, four days. So, you know, let's uh, move to Kevin. Let's see what you've been up to. Um, I did not get a chance to get out and do any flying, but uh, I got parts for my little 180 and got that all back together and hovered it in the driveway. So I guess I did get to do a little flying. There you go. That counts. Yeah. And that, that seemed to go back together nice. I, I took the... Uh, the mini goblin canopy off and i went back to the the standard pot pot and boom but um it's got so many like aftermarket stuff on it now like i did a little upgrades from horizon um i usually get the stuff from links heli but horizon had the same type of stuff just a little bit cheaper so i said i'll, I'll try this you know i needed the swash plate and all that so i did that right um yeah and it, it hovered nice it's still you know the twitchy little heli but it sounded a lot better i'm uh i'm curious to see how it's gonna gonna fly see if my eyes can see that thing without the the canopy on it <laughs> oh yeah and i did a little simming too um which i haven't done in a while so i'm into that for about a, i don't know i did about a half an hour i went through a seinfeld nice. episode that's how i'm timing my my simming flight <laughs> cool yeah that's about it what have you been up to cool uh so i 
I haven't been flying um, at all, but uh, I did do a bunch of building. So I built the uh, FT Bushwhacker, and I basically took all the electronics out of my FT3D that I brought to Flight Fest, but I had a bad uh, rudder servo, so I didn't end up flying it. So I had a Park 480 size uh, two energy motor in there, 1350 KV, uh, with a 10.45 prop. So now that's on the Bushwhacker. Uh, so we'll see how that goes this weekend. That's yeah, gonna scream, hopefully. isn't it? I hope so. I wanted to scream. I want to be able to like take off and go straight into a hover, and you know, with like a quarter throttle. Like I, I want that thing to be a beast. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'll probably yeah. end up crashing it though. A 10.45 <laughs> on a 1350 KV is gonna. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll be a yeah, beast. It's gonna man. Be pretty, yeah, man. <laughs> I like I like to put big motors and big props on things and just run them at full one hundred percent throttle. Uh, you could ask all the guys at my field, even Kevin. Uh, yeah, my helicopter. We used to call you just, like Johnny Full Throttle, right? We used to call you. Yeah, you've yeah, kind of slowed full down throttle a bit. all the time. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> it's hard, but uh, besides that, I uh, I got a kit from Kevin Matusik, his Raiden. Uh, oh, right. It's a very, very interesting build. It's it's very similar to like a flight test plane where you do your A folds and your B folds, but uh, the way that he like supports the fuselage, because the fuselage is long. It's it feels like two and a half feet maybe um, for a, a thirty eight inch wingspan. Oh wow! So yeah, so it's a very long plane, and but the but it's a very it's it's a cool build. Like it's fun. You you do definitely the same techniques of like. You know, you're wrapping foam around and you take the paper off and inside and type of, you know, that type of uh, building techniques. But, uh, yeah, I love the size of it, the presence of it, just the four sweeping wings and, uh, you know, and that long nose and long fuselage. It's pretty cool. I put a, I put my FPV rig off the, uh, what is that, the FT Dragonfly that I crashed a couple months ago. Yeah. I put that rig on there. So... Hopefully it'll fly. Uh, it was a little tail heavy when I tried to balance it out, so I might just add like an you know 1,000 amp 3s pack for the FPV setup to be separate, and then just use a normal 2200 3s for the uh, power system. Oh, see how that cool. weights out. Oh, I'm interested to see it. Yeah, I'm gonna be flying it this weekend, and I'll bring my FPV gear or whatever, like the my little box uh, FPV box, and um. We'll see how that goes. I'll fly line of sight, but I'll have the camera on just to see what it looks like, if there's any vibrations or anything weird. So I guess I was wrong, right? I said something like 50-inch wingspan. It was, it's only like 38, you said? It's 38, but the wing is um, – I don't know how to describe forward it. Forward swept. Well, yeah, it's forward swept, but it's not, it's not thick as far as like when you're looking at it from a side profile. But when you look at it from the top, it's very long, I guess. From trailing edge to leading edge, it's very long wing. So there's a lot of you know wing surface on it, so I, I you know I have a feeling it's gonna fly pretty well. And all the videos I've seen, um, you know that thing flies great slow or fast, um, oh, FPV cool. or line of sight. So I'm really excited to see how that's gonna do. Did he and reinforce think, the the fuselage with anything? Yeah, so there, I mean it's it's all uh, foam board. There's no like um, you know say popsicle sticks or arrows or. Or anything like that. Like even on the wing, it's all foam. Okay. But uh, but like he uses foam and he layers it up vertically inside the fuselage, and basically you're layering up four pieces of foam, including the sidewalls of the fuse. Oh. So so pretty much it's thick like that, and then you have and then he has a mid plate in there that the battery would go on. So it's like a nice long 
open cavity that goes from basically your nose where your FPV rig is all the way back to the motor. It's a really cool design. I, I'm cool. really impressed by it. And um, I know we're going to try to get Kevin on uh, the next episode podcast. So hopefully uh, that works out. Oh, but I was yeah, going to say, um, I'm on this one. <laughs> Mr. Matusik okay. on uh, the next episode. I know he listens, so hi, Kevin. Thanks again for sending that plane out. Uh, it's great. So, yeah. Uh, and, dude, mm-hmm. did, you got one for me, right? Yeah, yeah. Or did yeah, you just screw up like, and use a couple pieces? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> it might look like that because there's one sheet of foam that he cut out that was uh, – uh, had like I had to take a couple parts from that. Like it was doubled up. Like So there's the canopies. There's oh, two okay. of them in there. So, so when you look at it, you might be like, "Oh man, I feel like he jacked some pieces from it." <laughs> but, it, but I assure you, it's a complete kit. Um, he he includes the firewall, the uh, control rods, oh, cool. and the uh, control horns that he uses out of uh, like what is those like toothpick floss picks or whatever. Oh yeah, but yeah, it, the, the, yeah, the plastic ones. Yeah. yeah, it has like the holes perfectly lined up. So like, and and he he cuts this out of a, a CNC cutter not like a laser cut or hand cut so it's a little bit messy so each piece i take out i would kind of like brush the edges to kind of get all that scrap foam off and i have a little dust pile on my floor that i know my uh, fiance is going to be pissed off when she sees it (laughs) when you say messy the um it's just dust it's not like the lines are messy no 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 yeah the lines are great like the cutout is perfect but it's uh it's just a dust yeah there's a lot of dust from you know when you cnc wood or any type of material get a lot of dust in it so i'm real curious Um, to see how that cnc machine cuts foam like that yeah i want to i want to talk to him and see how he built that thing well, yeah, that's what we're doing before uh, before the laser cutters really came in, right? Oh, yeah. really? We the royal we, not like I've actually done it myself. And how much did he charge for that? I don't know if uh, he gave me a special deal or not, so I don't know if I should disclose it because I know he's, <laughs> you know. But let's. How much let's... does it retail for? I know he posted on Facebook, and when he started making kits, selling them on Facebook, um, let's just say. Two kits shipped to my door was cheaper than two 3S pack batteries from Turnigy. Like the cheapest blue batteries you could get. Kind of worked the numbers there. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know. Like, you know, he, he I was talking to him I and he kind of hooked it up. So I didn't want to, you know, I don't want some of his other, uh, I guess, customers be like, oh man, you ripped me off, you know, or anything like that. So I don't want to go too much into According it. to his post on RC groups, um, it's thirty dollars minus the electronics for the kit, and they got some ship. Um, it just says thirty. I don't know. He probably charges shipping. So, I would think. I'm, I'm I'm probably sure that's probably thirty shipped. The RC but, I mean, groups thread is pretty awesome. I mean, some of these guys put like lights in it, and it looks pretty mm-hmm. badass. I yeah, mean, it's, yeah, it's he, really cool looking. Yeah, and he's actually. Like, Wait a second. Why did they? Why did he charge me forty dollars? <laughs> right. <laughs> Kevin, is, is the link going to be in the show notes? Yeah, we'll throw that in there, I'm sure. So that's cool. I, I kind of taped it up with a little bit of uh, the purple tape that you got me, Kevin. Okay. And, uh, you know, just the leading edges of stuff. Just kind of clean it up and make it look nice because I'm terrible at cutting double bevels. I always cut into the paper. So uh-huh. I got to always patch it up. So I just usually do it on all my models, just cover the whole leading edge. Uh, just to get it done. You need to buy one of those uh, the bevel cutters from I was just going to say that. Yeah, yeah. Danielle yeah. got me one of those a couple of years ago. It's awesome. 
Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah, you put a straight edge on the foam, and then you just run it down the length of the straight edge. You can set the depth of the razor. Oh, yeah. really? Nice. Kind of like cheating, but, but not they really. They should carry those in the flight test store. Yeah. You should. You should make that recommendation. Yeah, that, that'll definitely make it a lot easier. And it's probably a lot safer, too, right? Because yeah. you're not, you know, wiggling around. On the stuff. table edge or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nice. Cool. So, uh, Fred, what have you been up to? <laughs> um, well... I, uh, as I kind of hinted at, I, I recently moved and I got my shop and I've been trying to put that together. Um, one of the things I didn't mention, I, 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 uh, do some work on the side for flight test. And one of the things I do is customer service. Um, I answer emails and I also do the uh, live chat that normally I'd be doing right now, but I'm, I'm talking to you guys. So, uh, but what is that is, is on the kit, on the, uh, flight test store, there's a little option to, to talk to someone live if they're available. And that's me. Oh, oh cool. wow. So, I didn't know that. Nice. That's, yeah, that's been consuming my time. Are you are you also the guy that approves the articles? Goes through them? Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of have my fingers in a little bit of everything with them. Um, so, yeah, I've been working with that. Uh, Megan has been helping out. She's She was, uh, if you guys followed Rotor Ride, uh, not Rotor, I'm sorry, different chat project. Um, the uh, <laughs> Rotor DR1. Yes. Um, Megan helped out with that project, and she's been helping them out with some uh, some editing on the flight test articles. Um, and and just I'm going to diverge just real quick here. Um, the articles is kind of a neat system they have. It's that was originally put in by Chad as a uh, idea for like uh, um, instructables. It was brought out a little too early and uh, didn't have someone to 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 really run it. Um, so it kind of ended up almost an extension of the forums. But uh, again, I kind of saw that and I said, "Hey, you mind if I, I chip in there?" And and uh, they said, "Yeah, please go ahead." And uh, so we're trying to trying to get it more like the articles that are submitted to the uh, article section are like what you would find in a printed magazine. Um, right. Yeah. There, there were a few that were just like leaks to videos. I remember back in the day. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of, you know, be a little strict with people say, Hey, listen, no, that's not what's, what's uh, you know expected. And, and actually it's been pretty good. A lot of the people that, uh, that post and I, and I go in and I edit their articles as best I can. And I kind of say, Hey, you know, suggest some things to them. Uh, it's funny because I'll get a lot of young people that want to do it, and and they're like, "Oh man, that's the same thing my English teacher tells me." And it's like, "Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> there is a real world application for for this stuff. You know, you don't right. have to learn as because they're mean." Uh, and I, I always find that kind of uh, rewarding to to kind of give that show them that, hey, yeah, you know, the stuff that you learn in school actually is applicable outside of school. Yeah, I know when I published my um, the one I had with the the vegan landing gear, I went I went back and forth with someone, and they had—I don't know if it was you—but the the yeah, ideas just, were great, man. I was like, "Yeah, I should break it up and, you know, make it look like more like a magazine." And it worked out great. Try and keep that format for the next one that I take on. All right. So next, uh, this is a suggestion that Fred made, and it's about a real-world applications for multi-rotors, aka drones, or just kind of like commercial and emergency stuff, or just you know maybe some school stuff and just training and educational. Uh, you know, content and stuff. So, uh, why don't we, why don't I start with this? Uh, one, one thing that I've been kind of striving to do, and I think in real world application for multi rotors is the air bears. Uh, there are a group of folks that work with local law enforcement and fire departments to do search and rescue, uh, to do like surveys of say like a burning structure to see if the roof is collapsing or if it's safe enough for firefighters to go up there and stuff. And I think something like that is such a good positive light to this to this technology and hobby. You know, because currently, you know, with the FAA, what they're doing and just kind of what the news uh, 
outlets like to report on. It's all just negativity of privacy and drones flying in the air and the heli- you know, fire department helicopters weren't able to go in and, and put out the fire because of this and all this stuff. So to see something like a group, of, an organization like Air Bears who uh, you know, basically want to help, you know, and this is all volunteer and none of them get paid. I know a lot of them do educational seminars and, and stuff for the fire departments and police chiefs and just, you know, police departments. And I think that's where this technology should be, you know, taken in for the real world application aspect of it. You know, the um, the thing that comes to mind with me is what they say basically is we don't need, you know, you to run out and buy a two thousand dollar machine with HD downlink or anything like that. I mean, just something you have on it that flies with a camera is really all they're looking for and you know can always go from there but you you make a good point about you know you see the commercial with the drones attacking the car and that one commercial oh man and it's like terrible commercial it's like come on guys they just instilling fear and into people's minds you know and drones are such a bad thing and you know the air bears probably doesn't even get as much coverage as the dumb kid that straps a a gun to the uh, flamethrower well and and no, the Air Bears is, is. I don't think they've gotten any positive coverage, or, or if it has, it's been very local. Right. Uh, in fact, um, a few of the people that have made actually made national news with their their um, assisting emergency operations with drones, where like they they carried the uh, the line and the and the life preserver over to the people that were stuck in a flooded house. Uh, turns out that guy actually worked with the Air Bears, um, and and it's really cool. Uh, Scott Zimmerman's guy that's organizing that, um, and it's a real neat program where. It's this national, and, and they're working on an international database where you can volunteer to be someone that gets called if an uh, emergency operation needs help with a drone. Yeah. Right, if you're in that area. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like you're rushing out there and you're, you're going in and you're flying without permission. They're, this is actually the, uh, the emergency operations folks calling and, and calling a centralized or, or email a centralized location, and then the notification goes out to the people in that area to see if they want to help. Definitely a great organization, and... Uh... For anyone who's interested in taking a look, it's uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's www.airbears.org. Um, I definitely recommend going out there, check, take a look at the site. They also have a Facebook page. Um, you know, message them and just kind of, if you're interested in it, volunteer and, and be a positive light to this community. Yeah, and, and not to get negative with the uh, the FAA stuff, but um, they're they're actually watching that very closely because one of the things that that they're afraid of is when you sign. When you register with the FAA registration program, you're actually uh, promising not to fly around any emergency operations. Well, right. that's the whole thing that the Air Bears are doing. So are you in violation of your FAA agreement if you do that? Um, or are they excluding it if you've got permission from the you know, incident commander? It, it's, it's something they're still trying to work out. Wow. I mean, I hope it's uh, an exclusion for that because... I mean, they're not, they're just helping, right? They're not they're not impeding anything. No, they're so. they're there at the request of the uh, the incident right. commander or or someone yeah. who's working with him. And they're usually working with you know someone in that department or whatever, um, you know, right next to them when they're yes. doing search and rescues, you know, watching the, the TV, the monitor, and everything, and they're getting instructions from that person. So they're basically you know like a contractor for these. Well, just like any volunteer emergency services, in emergency, right? So, yeah, right. Yeah, it's yeah. not like they're going in independently. They're they're in contact with the, the guy in command. Yeah. If the guys are going in the front side of the building, he knows not to have his quad above above the guys going in. And he sure. knows if there's helicopters in the area. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So now Steve, great. you uh you joined that, right? 
I, I didn't officially join. I mean, I joined their Facebook page to kind of uh, get more information and stuff. And um, I want to join them officially. The only thing is that there's two things. I'm terrible at flying these multi-rotors. <laughs> I crash them all the time. So, like, how good can I help? I don't want to, you know. Add you don't want to make fire. it worse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I don't want to add fuel to the fire kind of deal. Um, second of all, like, I, I work pretty far from where I live. So, I mean, I'm only basically home from like 7.30 and then I, you know, dinner, hang out with the family and then sleep and then wake up at 6 o'clock and I'm out the door again, you know. So, and then, you know, on my weekends I'm flying. So, it's just kind of hard to allocate the time, but I definitely want to participate in this. And once I get that Dragonfly back up and running, um, hopefully a little more dependable. Um, I think I'm going to put an APM back on there. I don't know. We'll see. But once I get get that craft uh, more reliable, then uh, yeah, then I'm all for signing up and putting my name in that database to see how I can help. Well, that's what we were both talking about, the using the Dragonflies for both of those because I have mine too that's kind of laid up with my uh, control board issue. But uh, yeah, we were both talking about that, using those for this purpose. Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, they can lift a GoPro for gimbal, no problem. I could pan that, you know, camera anywhere I want and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I think it would be good. Yeah. Kevin, you had some stuff here, right? Yeah, I just had a thought about larger multi-rotors that can stay aloft. I know that there's commercial uh, ones out there that can stay in the air for at least 30, 35 minutes. Um, that kind of ties into the Air Bears thing that would be great in, like, search and rescue missions in in rougher terrain areas you know you could um yeah you could if if they they are located and it's hard to get to them i mean you could you could rush out with first aid and for them you know within geez within 10 15 minutes where it would take two hours right. to get to them uh you know with a helicopter or anything like that or with men on the ground well i, I was just at a cpr class today and uh one of the things that you know is used is uh an aed it's a it's a mm-hmm. To, um, helps you if you have a heart attack. It's able to restart your heart. Yeah, basically a defibrillator. And, and they have a uh, an aircraft that's also a defibrillator. Right. I did and, see that. What well, like last year I saw a video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there. I mean, there's definitely applications for that in in, a, in an emergency or first aid type stuff. I mean, and then expanding on that. I mean, you, we're thinking of small drones, uh, but you start getting up into larger size drones, like some of the military size ones. But you could take them and put them into civilian use. Uh, what if you got someone that's stranded on the side of a mountain you can't get to, and they're putting, you know, the, the, it, now you you load up a helicopter and you fly a full crew up there, and you, you know you're trying to get a helicopter up into some remote area. What if what if you could eliminate the risk to the you know the people on board, and you had a drone that you know would be able to fly to your location? You could crawl in yourself, or someone could put you in on a stretcher, and then there's no pilot, nobody at risk other than the person that's already you know needing assistance, and they could be flown back down to to aid. Yeah, yeah that's a great idea. When I when I originally had this idea, you know, for the um, you know real world application, it's it kind of goes beyond um, the actual piloting because you know, like myself, you know, flight test uh, the, they, they compensate me for my some of my time with the um, the customer support. Uh, so here I am, I'm, I'm I'm you know editing articles. It's not actual flying, but it's related to the hobby. Um, you know, I, I I do customer support. I you know help them with their uh, event coordinating and and volunteer organizing and and uh, I mean you look at Alex. Alex, you know, while he's a pilot, that's not, I mean, he does do it some for the show, but he's also a graphic designer. That's how he got in, um, right, you know. Right. And so there's, I mean, there's a whole bunch of different applications that could get you into the, a career with your hobby that's not directly related to flying. My wife cracks me up. She 
my wife will tell me, uh, why don't you get a job with those guys? And I'll, I'm always like, well, that means we have to move to Ohio. And she's like, yeah, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm in Florida for a reason. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think I that's, like it here. we're headed south or west, you know, within the next couple of years, I think. We've, we've reached a point where we're kind of tired of the Well, you can always come visit here and use this as a base. Okay. Nice. Yeah, I'll have a yeah. few because I have, I, have, I have some family in Florida. So, yeah, I'll have a few different spots. How far are you from Orlando? Me? Yeah. Oh, about five, six hours. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, Florida's a much bigger state than you think. So you're like yeah. out, you're like north and west then. Like yes. Oh, way yeah. over in the I'm, I'm in like this RC black hole of nothing. Down around Orlando, <laughs> there's RC stuff everywhere. There's hobby shops and there's clubs, and that's where the multi-GP racing, and next month they're having the, the Central Florida FPV meet down there, and, um, you know, several of the guys I, I like to talk to on on online live down that way but no i'm that i'm up that fpv racing is that in leesburg or is that they do it all over the okay. multi gp guys they they were actually featured on an episode of uh flight test it's a national uh organization that you can sign up and, and um right we know, have a we have a great chapter piece. at our club yeah but i'm just yeah. I, I remember there being an fpv uh event that was in leesburg and that's actually where I'm, that was my last other year well, yeah that was that was it. that's the the central florida i think that's the one uh, the Central Florida FPV that was the original Mud Fest, and then you know it was kind of like an introduction to what happened at Flight Fest last year. Oh right, uh, right. And so yeah, it that that was an interesting uh, few days. The Mud Fest. Oh, it was, it was that was awesome. worse. They were actually in a basin, and yeah, there was vehicles getting stuck, and you know just you know, but they only had the one road, so if, if one vehicle got stuck, everyone behind them was stuck. So yeah. Oh man. But it was a fun event. I mean, I'm I'm gonna I'm planning on going back down there this year. They're having it next month. Different wow. location though. <laughs> they don't want to get stuck in the mud again. Yeah. When you talk about like, oh, I'm gonna go down there next month, and I'm just thinking, oh man, next month's gonna be like negative twenty. Yeah, <laughs> it's next, gonna be so cold. Next month's gonna be worse than this month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's that's South Florida. You know, Central Florida is it's yeah. I'm actually going yeah. warmer than here. Right. <laughs> Career-wise, too. I mean, you know, I know like. Uh, Discovery Channel, they stopped using manned helicopters to film their their shoots because it was too dangerous, you know. I know they were doing hot air balloons at one point and moved to helicopters. And, you know, they had an incident where I, I think, uh, you know, a helicopter went down and, and they started using drones or multi-rotors. And, I mean, that alone is great, too. And I think that type of, like, government support should be pushed. Like, we should get more government support to, like, commercialized it's okay let's do it just register yourself let's get this you know get this technology into more hands and kind of get it in the you know the right people's hand not that guy on espn who dropped the the uh, hex or yeah i, I wonder what happened that because i mean you know for that to have dropped straight down like that had it been a pretty pretty big failure yeah i mean i know that i was i was hearing people on on facebook and stuff that um uh, they're not even supposed to fly above the like the you know the race course. It's supposed to be off to the side, kind yeah. of following or you know parallel to it. So I don't know if he has some kind of failure and it just whipped over and then you know he cut the motor and it dropped out of the sky. But I mean, that, from the angle, it looked pretty close. That's what uh, I was gonna know? say. You know, from that angle, it looked close. You, you don't you don't really know. Yeah, you know, from a single angle like that. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean. That's one incident. I'm sure there's, you know, like ABC did a, a recent shoot up in some ice thing. I, I just caught a little glimpse of it. But that they were using 
all you know DJI Phantoms for it. They were getting some awesome shots, you know, getting in the cavern of this ice cavern thing and coming up and around it. And I mean, you know, where can you get that kind of shot without endangering human life? Yeah, it's, it's not possible. It's well, just... and and the thing is that the unintended consequences of of, of putting the restrictions on this. Um, you know, you got young people that, that, you know, they're on the edge. I mean, that it, it actually gets them out away from the video games cause it's, it's like video games, but it's, you know, mm-hmm. more, um, and, and there's a whole, you know, again, that's kind of a, what my idea was with the, this, this topic is that, uh, there's so many career paths that could come from this. I mean, th- there's gotta be somebody that designs the circuit boards. There's gotta be someone that does the programming. There's gotta be someone that, oh, yeah. you know, you know, does the engineering and the, the the CAD programs for the uh, for the designs of the actual aircraft? There's got to be someone that does the maintenance and repairs on them once they start doing commercial operations. There's so many careers that could just blossom from this one spark of the hobby if if the person you know got interested in it young and wanted to pursue it. Uh, and if they if they put excessive restrictions on this and turn people away, um, you know you're, you're losing all that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's not even just for the young. I mean, I'll make a reference to um, RCHN. Uh, RC Heli uh, Nation's podcast, Dan K. Reed from there, um, he works for a company that does commercial grade multi rotors. And he's, you know, basically was, a, I think he was a nurse at one point and his health wasn't so great. So he kind of was unemployed. And then he got this job from, from a friend and, and basically turned into a, a pretty nice big thing, you know, for him. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, he's not, he's not a young buck. He's a, you know, a little bit older gentleman. And, and for him to like kind of be able to take, you know, one kind of life path and just kind of veer off and be in the hobby that he loves because he, you know, he loves flying helicopters. And so doing the multi-order stuff kind of just kind of fit in and they do all their own um, designing of their aircrafts and setup and they'll just the stuff that they do is really, I think, is kind of next-gen stuff where you can basically break down a multi-order in five seconds. You can pull out a whole arm with the motor in ESC in one little clip. I mean, wow. just yeah, all this stuff is really cool stuff. Well, it, and, it's all the stuff that we're afraid of losing overseas. You know, the the, the you know the, the uh-huh. tech side of the uh, thing and the, the manufacturing and all the stuff that these people are doing at home in their in their you know home garages with you know CNC machines and, and laser cutters that they're able to or three D printers that they can do in in their own home in the garage. Right. You know, we're manufacturing stuff in, in America again. And and yeah, again, yeah, right. this company is based out of Montana. You know, like. I don't know. I don't hear much coming out of Montana, but you know, now this company's making waves and it's great, you know. I had another thought about real world applications just for, you know, a, a complete multi rotor aside from, you know, the manufacturing and all that and that aspect is uh, uh you know, if you had a collision avoidance system that was pretty good and you you have these de- the couriers that just deliver letters on the street with the bicycles. I mean, you could do that in a in a city environment. You know, just autonomously, like be programmed. You know, I can I can see that happening. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. I've definitely see something like that. Have some sort of bay in a in a in a high rise that the you know drones can come in and out of. Because when Steve uh, yeah. when Steve was talking before about the helicopters, that was uh, there was a building in Manhattan that had I think it was the RCA building that had a full blown terminal on the top, and they used to take yeah. off and land helicopters with the gyrocopters and stuff. Yeah, and they had an incident where the helicopter crashed into the building and they were like, okay, no more with this helicopter business flying flying over the city. So they did away with that. I mean, but you could easily see, like, you know, you get up to a certain altitude and almost like a, a road system where yeah, these things would go up and down the avenue just delivering stuff. Oh, yeah. Now, whatever happened to not being able to do 
this kind of thing for money. I thought that, you know, like well, we're talking about the people that are flying for, uh, you know, National Geographic and GoPro and stuff. I thought that you couldn't do that without a professional um, pilot's license. Well, and, and that's yeah. that's kind of a, a yeah, that's kind of been a hot topic. You know, the the FAA hasn't really cracked down on a lot of people on it. Now they have. They've they've gone after a few people. The um, there's another version of Air Bears was which was EquiSearch, and they tried shutting them down, even though no one was doing it for money. Um, obviously, the Trappy case. I don't know if you followed that at all, but uh-huh. that yeah. was their attempt to go after. And and the funny thing is, they didn't really actually go after him for the commercializing. They went after him for reckless flying. Yeah. Um, there's a you know the that business up in Chicago that uh, which was this one's kind of baffling. The um the there was a drone business up there doing aerial photography, and they had been sending them several letters of um you know cease and desist letters, and uh, that's what they're basically using to base their case off of them. Uh, and then they turn around and give them the exemption that allows them to fly as commercial pilots. Well, if they're unsafe and there've been multiple violators, then why permit them? <laughs> but they they've turned around and they've actually sued them for you know multiple multiple millions of dollars. Um, and I haven't heard any more on that in a while. Right, but what about all these commercials that we see that are using drone footage and and music videos and things like that? Someone's getting paid for that. Yeah, and it's just a matter. Of, I mean, you know, it's not being enforced. It's a it's a rule that that they put out there that just hasn't been enforced yet. Wasn't there a certain amount of permits that were issued to companies that could legally do that? Yeah, they're doing it the at the three 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 exemption. Um, which is, you know, it's it's still fairly limited on how many people they've actually given the official, um, the okay to, uh, and and you know, to me, I mean, it's not nearly enough, and that's what's kind of ironic with the uh, the FAA stuff. You, there's there's the big debate that back in 2012, when Congress specifically told the FAA, hey, listen, you need to find a way to integrate UAVs into the commercial airspace, into the national airspace, and they haven't really done that other than this this temporary band aid, this exemption program. But here they are going around and they're trying to restrict the, the hobbyists, which they in that same statement the Congress had specified you're not allowed to do that. But exactly. I don't wanna I don't wanna go down that because that's a that's a rant I've had on yeah. you know, many occasions. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I commented to you that I really thought you had a lot of good points. I think it was the F T one of the F T casts. Yeah, the, I did that in the, the community cast and, and I worked and talked with uh, Chris on the uh, after hours guys. Yeah, I think it was that one. The one with Chris. You brought up a lot of good points. I mean, there's so many holes in that; it was ridiculous. But yeah, let's. Well, but my concern, you know, you know, to 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 wrap back to this topic here is that you know, you you have um you have this 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 opportunity to try to spark interest in science, technology, and all that with kids. You know, it, you're exposing them to something. There's you know, the, one of the neat things with the flight test stuff, and it, unfortunately, it's one of the big complaints I end up getting on customer service is um. It, it it is still a very much do it yourself hobby. You still have to do your own soldering. You still have to do your own programming to a degree. You're you're still building these aircraft, even though they're they're selling you these kits and they they seem complete. There's still this really do it yourself element where you still have to go out and do a little research on your own to figure out how to do it. Um and 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 you know how many how many people are we sparking an interest in? How many young people and older people that you know never would have soldered. If they hadn't gotten to the hobby, oh, true, and, and, yeah, and, yeah and, and I mean, look at David Winnistel. He that's that was what his business was was soldering and and you know electronic components. That's how he got you know his initial start and and a large part of what he still does. Um, but uh, yeah, it, you know, there, there's who knows what's what might spark someone's interest, and in if you if they never get exposed to it because this was regulated into a, a, an area that just wasn't appealing to people, um, you, you're losing that that chance to to. 
you know, open that horizon for them. Yeah, I think of the yeah. two biggest things lately that have been, you know, somewhat of what the government has wanted to do with is battery technology. They want it to get better and better. They want, you know, green cars, green, 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 everything green. And the same with solar technology. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have a if you have a multi-rotor that has that you're advancing battery technology and solar technology to keep it, you know, recharging on a rooftop or well, in yeah, flight. I, I've seen a lot of people that are, are pushing solar, you know, technology because they want to have a solar charger at their field that doesn't have an electric. Right. And that's too, know, right. right? There's another aspect. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, here's here's someone, maybe some kid gets into it because, you know, hey, you know, the this, this solar system doesn't work at our, at our field. Let's experiment. I mean, you know, you... We, we kind of, you know, overlook our young people, and, and there's a lot of really, really creative and inventive young people that, that come up with ideas that just no one else has thought of before. Right. Sure. And yeah. they're into more of the microprocessor type stuff and program that I've seen, um, just, uh-huh. you know, Arduino and all those different base things. You can use that to set up an easy tracker to track the sun. I mean, there's tons of applications. But like you're saying, yeah, if the yeah. outlet isn't there, you know, what a shame. Don't you want to stimulate the economy more? And if this is a, like, you know, Fred was saying, more opportunities for work, like, why inhibit that? I don't know. You know? Well, and that's, that's definitely the question on a lot of people's minds. What, what is the purpose of this? Where, where are they going with it? Well, I have uh, my no. tinfoil hat on, and I, <laughs> I have a couple of uh, suspicions. But uh... Well, I, again, not to go down this topic too far, but I'm, gonna, I'm just going to throw this out there. You know, and, and playing devil's advocate for the FAA, um, a lot of these agencies, they, they survive on congressional budgets. Yes. And I'm wondering if the the reason that they're doing this is to have um, solid numbers that they could take to Congress and say, hey, look, this is how many people signed up. This is how many people want to get into our airspace. We're going to need more resources, more money, more people, more stuff to be able to manage this. Give us that money. Yep, bigger budgets. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah. So, I mean, taking the nefarious out of it, you know, that, that's one, one thought I had. So That's a good thought. You changed my mind already. <laughs> oh boy! All right, so uh, <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I had a I had a real stupid idea. I mean, and the the idea was that I didn't think anybody in Washington wanted these flying cameras around recording anything that was going on in Washington. I mean, they already have the the thirty mile band, so it's mm-hmm. and I got laughed at a few times. I don't know. I get laughed at a lot for other things, so it doesn't really matter to me. But uh, you make a good point. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And, and it could all be worse. I mean, have, I don't know if you guys listened to um, the flight test after our podcast with uh, David. I just finished it today. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was painful. Dude, Sweden? Oh, my God. Yeah. And what I can't mount. That's what, that's, what I, I, that's what I always try to drive home to people is, like, you cannot let, even if it's the dumbest thing, you really want to stand up and say, wait a minute, I need to look at this, and why is this happening? And the, come, the phrase comes to mind, you know, you give them an inch and they'll take a mile. And that's yeah. that's probably how that all worked out over there. Well, I I listened to that today too. What what part of it are you talking about? Well, he, what, they're, what they're getting at is the uh, fact that you are not they're, they're right now they're having a court case over there where you're not allowed to have a recording device or any any sort of camera. It doesn't even matter if it records on an aircraft because it's considered they they have a they have very strict privacy laws over there. You're not allowed to fix mm-hmm. cameras to things. Uh, if you're holding it in your hand, it's fine. But if you mount a camera to your helmet and you're riding a bicycle, that's illegal. Hmm. Um, and this they, is on the interview David episode. The, the, David the latest. Was, yeah. Yeah, the Yak episode. He was just oh, on no, the, no. the after hours. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So basically, they so go listen to it. Yeah. Go listen <laughs> to it. 
it's 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 a good episode. I mean, any episode with David, I think, is great, <laughs> video or a podcast. But how screwed but, um, up is this that that yeah. you can you you you're gonna get into trouble if you have like like Fred said, if you have a camera on your hat, uh, you can't do that. But yet they had the other thing that brought to my attention and just like I popped a blood vessel on was the fact that he said <laughs> that if we have an open thing, if you have a hundred acres and somebody wants to walk through your property, that's okay too. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, and that kind of that's. Not too different than our water laws here on the east side of the United States, where you know if it's a navigable waterway, it, even if it's on your land, people go through it. Um, so I, you know, I'm but, sure. It but isn't that strange yeah, though that you have such a yeah. privacy law? I can't, I can't put a camera on my hat and walk around. That's illegal. But yet Johnny Tourist can walk through my property, and you know, really not, not even just. Not even just walk through your property; they could camp in your property. Yeah. Oh, is that what he said? Camp? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeez. They they could pitch a tent right there and camp there for a week if they wanted to on your own property. But if you put a if you put a camera up on a tree <laughs> to take a picture yeah, of it, these campers, yeah. you're you're going to jail. It, if it can see if it can, if the camera can see outside of your property. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's, it's a violation. And and the the thing is is that you could get a a permit, but it's getting the same permit, which is impossible. He said to get as if you wanted to put. Like a camera on a pole looking at a park. For 30 know, years, yeah. For six. 30 years. Yeah, whether it's a 30-second, you know, little filming of a of a run or a fixed camera for 30 years. And then he said that, that, that those are impossible to get anyway. So, And you have to put up signs saying that you're being recorded. Yep. The whole privacy law out there. You know, I understand, you know. So it could be worse here. <laughs> it could. But sure that's, could. The, yeah, that's the point. God bless America. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. So let, let's move on. <laughs> we got stuck on this for a bit. <laughs> so normally we talk about planes and helicopters and uh, multi rotors, and I kind of feel like a lot of stuff we talk it gets redundant. So I want to change this section into like a new section. So we might not have a lot of uh, content for this section just because I'm kind of changing it on the fly today. But um, you mean planes, helis, and multi rotors in the news? In the news, like that, yes. Okay. The hobby in the so, news, yeah. hobby in the news, current current stuff. Because um, here's where we usually talk about the planes, and then later on it'll be what are you working on, and we'll talk about it again. We've right, kind of exactly. noticed that. Yeah, so, so that's a good idea. Yeah, so let's switch it up. Um, I saw a release. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember where I saw this, but basically, Parrot Parrot Drone, that company, has released a new uh, fixed wing drone called the Parrot Disco. It um, it connects via Wi-Fi and also with their sky controller that kind of looks like a a two gimbal, you know, like a joystick basically. Or you could um, set it up like uh, with a flight plan app that they you could put on any Bluetooth. I mean, not Bluetooth, um, Android or iOS device. Uh, it kind of uses the same three-axis digital stabilization camera off the Bebop drone, which I don't understand that. I don't know if you guys have any information about that, but. It's a fixed camera, but it can pan and. Eh, what they're doing is they're they're, they're recording on a larger. Um, they're they're uh, recording more of the frame than you're actually you know they're saving, and then they just kind of auto stabilize it like you've seen with some of the uh, the post editing stuff. But they're doing right. it on the camera. Yeah, it's all okay, done so digitally instead all of digitally. Yeah. And it has like the normal features any of these uh, the newer kind of unmanned stuff is. It has the the auto takeoff and landing. How does that yeah, work? How does auto takeoff and landing work? I mean, is that you you set up uh, like a home spot? Well, it's wherever you arm it and it gets GPS locked. I don't know if you ever have you ever played with the other parrot drones? No, I've just seen the commercials for them. I mean, they're I, I know when flight tests uh I think flight tested a video a while long back. Um 
well, yeah, basically, they, well, you arm it and yeah. you put it on the floor, and basically you push a button and it'll just take off and stay at like a, a four foot hover. Oh, and then, really? then after that, you could take control, and then whenever you want to land, you can actually tell it to return home. And but this land. is a fixed wing craft, isn't it? Yeah. So, I'm guessing. It, I'm guessing it takes over once you throw it and gets yeah. into a, a pattern, and then you can control it from the. Pattern. Oh, okay. Right. Exactly. So, um, they're they're boasting uh, 45 minute flight times. So it's going to have obviously GPS and waypoint navigation, and the wings are going to be detachable because it's, I think it's a pretty big craft, uh, you know, to be that stable and that big for those flight times. So. Yeah, I was going to ask you the wingspan on it. But you know me. Yeah, I'm not sure. that wingspan. <laughs> we can look it up real quick. <laughs> you have trouble with the wingspan numbers. Well, it's funny. The, <laughs> the first thing I look at when I look through, like, if I get something from Tower Hobbies or something, I'm like, oh, I like that plane. What's the wingspan on it? You know, I want to see, like, am I gonna, <laughs> it looks good. Is it, like, 24-inch wingspan? All right, where am I going to fly that, you know? Yeah. Um, right. So I always look at that, and uh, I don't know. I'm still... I'm still a kid, you know, bigger the better. Like 50-something, 60, all right, now we're talking, you know. You're definitely not still a kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Come on. My, I had complete head of hair that was nice and brown until my daughter turned 13 years old. And I, oh. I, I blame her and my wife for the, the And now she's 43. Now she's 23. <laughs> oh, oh, Josh, you're funny. Um I actually looked it up. I don't see a wingspan. It's it's, it's all kind of like you know newly released at uh, CES this year. Um, they are saying that it's very lightweight drone. It's uh, less than seven hundred grams. It um, can go up to fifty miles per hour. So uh, it got some power there. It's and, saying uh, fully assembled as a wingspan of one point one meters, so a little over three feet, three four feet oh, in there. Really? Oh that's... wow! Oh, that's pretty big. Wow. Let's see. I was just gonna say that's not big at all. I'm thinking like, you know, six Five, foot six wingspan. Feet. Yeah. Oh no, no, <laughs> it's parrot. It's got a. I don't know. I, I feel like they don't really make like really big quality stuff. I don't know. That's well, it's, it's funny because uh, some of my friends, you know, the some of the uh, guys that did the community cast and stuff were talking about it, and they were they were just appalled by this. They didn't they didn't like it at all. And uh, I'm actually excited about it. Uh, you know, personally, I'm I'm a big fan of getting as much of this stuff out to the public as possible. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are the DJI haters that don't like the Phantoms. Again, I Sorry. like that initial spark. I like that someone gets that and they're, it, you know, that's what they that got them in the hobby. And then from there, they might expand. You know, we're, we're losing the people that like to do balls. But if you get more people that are into the hobby and then they say, hey, listen, I like that retro stuff. I like those old glow motors. Um, they started with the Phantom and they started with the, the Parrot or whatever they started with. Um, you know, if, you know, we're too critical of it, you know. I mean, this is this this is the starting ground for some of these people. Yeah, true. It's oh. true. I mean, I, I I don't like DJI, and I'll admit it. But um, and my perception of it is just because of all the bad news coverage that DJI owners are getting because well, they're not educated. They're and, not. And whose fault is that? Right, I, I mean, to say that's not know, DJI's fault. No, and, it's not. And I was kind know. of excited too on the DJI front. Um, Best Buy right. announced that they had actually reached out to the AMA. And they're gonna they're gonna give a free membership to anyone that buys a parrot. I mean, not a parrot, the uh, Phantom, mm-hmm. to the AMA for a year. Uh, oh, which to me, that's what the AMA should have been doing. They should have yeah. said, "Hey, listen, here's free six months. Join yeah. us. Find out where this flying area is in your in your region, yeah. and go there and learn." And right. then the other thing, again, I, I, not to get off on my AMA rant, but um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the exclusionary. Behavior that you see a lot of, you know, or you hear about from a lot of the clubs, 
you know, that's the exact opposite thing. Don't don't be upset at these people because they don't know the safety rules and they don't know they don't know the the history of the hobby, and then exclude them from flying at your field. It, you know, that's you're 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 shooting yourself in the foot with that. Right. Very true. Yeah. Where where will they learn? Yeah. The, yeah, I the, mean, the rules and the way to I mean it's it's to me it's kind of a shame that you have to tell people don't fly over somebody's head with it but you know right I guess well and the problem is these people when they buy the stuff it's not an aircraft to them that's true it's, too yeah it's a flying camera it's a yeah. camera a flying camera that flies and so they're not looking at it as an aircraft they're not looking at something dangerous it's a selfie stick that I can put up 50 100 or 100 feet up and take a picture of myself yeah you know so yeah they're not looking at it from that direction and and that's our own fault, I think, as 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 people that are in the hobby. Instead of you know you know bemoaning the 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 you know the lack of knowledge that they have, we're the ones that you know. And that's what I love about flight test. I mean, they they are the ones that reach out to the beginners. They're the ones that give out that yeah. that 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 initial education. Absolutely. That's why I, that's why I like our club uh, because they do you know they will take in the guys and and teach them the ropes uh, of all also all things that fly. Yeah. You know we have a great club that'll that'll do. Yeah. That. I mean, how many? How many how many places that that just hate three D helicopters? Yeah. Oh know? yeah, tons. I but, mean, you know, that's you why get, I drive an hour away to a field that supports it. You know? Yeah, and and but you also you also fly fixed wing. You also like building. You also like and if they exclude you for one, they're excluding all of that. Right. No, that's true. You make it definitely a valid point, and I think uh, yeah, my my opinion might change after this conversation for sure. You know, my thing is like also too like I mean. I didn't have any help coming into this hobby, you know. I, you know, and I feel like I've grown to a pretty proficient, safe pilot, you know, and I have fun, and you know, but but not everyone is me, you know. We're not not everyone thinks the way I think, and and you know, grew up like me. So so yeah, yeah, you make a valid point for sure. I had help from the puppet, I'm Mikey's RC. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that was a <laughs> he helped me. I, I missed that. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, he. Yeah. I was. I think we talked about it in a couple episodes ago about yeah. the heli, the cheapest. 450 heli mm-hmm. that you could get into and he stopped doing the puppet thing like halfway through and it was it was pretty funny yeah it was it was a novelty it was a different way of getting you know the interest in it and he was just he was such a scratch builder and tester i can remember him putting edfs oh. on stuff and yeah well his weird little uh his weird camera carrying plane with that that funky looking nose on it right yeah, um, yeah. It was a. I think if I remember correctly, it was a kind of an odd looking biplane. So. It was a four channel biplane with the the slot and prop. And I actually saw one this year. A kid built one uh, at Flight Fest this year, uh, fifteen. And I I ran over to it. He was in the build tent with it, and I was like, Oh man, I've I've never seen one. I'm dying to you know I want to build one, but it just haven't you know it hasn't come up. And uh, man, I ran over there to check it out, and it was really cool. It's a large, a lot larger than I thought it was going to be. Well, and, and and to go kind of back to my my topic a little while ago about the the you know commercial applications of of the hobby, um, look at flight test. I mean, these guys started off literally, you know, a bunch of guys in a garage in, in a basement. Yeah. And uh, and 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 bunch of guys. I mean, you know, four guys, five guys that were doing this. Um, and and look at where they are now. I mean, it's a it's a very very viable business. That you know. Caught the attention of a, a, a corporation that bought them and, and is letting them do their their thing. Um, and Chad was a noob when he started this. I mean, he he was really. I mean, you know, he was not very long in the hobby when he when he came yeah. up with the idea of flight test, and he was able to turn into a. I mean, you know, a, a, an interest that that you know is a big business now. Should we get yeah. right into that? 
the main topic now that we're talking sure. about flight test so test? much? Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, I, I I totally think you uh you have a point there. Um, you know, Chad was a noob, but Chad had the background, and for me, what what struck it for me when I when I first saw the was the quality in the video. Yeah. I'd, oh I'd, yeah, I had done yeah, video he had production. production background, right? Right, I had done production with um, a buddy of mine for years. We just used to do DVDs for local school plays and play groups, and you know, I know what goes into shooting and and editing and you know sound and all that stuff. And I was just blown away. I was like, the, I could watch any episode they do. This is awesome. Just on the production, you know, level they had. Plus, then you had the two guys that were Josh and Josh that were, yeah. you know, fantastic in front of the camera. They were a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. talk about going back in the in the, the hobby. It's kind of funny because you know I, I I knew Chad. I didn't know the other two guys um, except for through watching. And uh, they actually featured a comment I made on RC groups when they were having people write into the. Uh, to the forum to kind of, you know, talk to, you know, give their input. And, uh, I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I kind of, you know, was critical and, and Josh gave me a kind of cold stare through the camera. Um, <laughs> you know, that was my first in, encounter with Josh with him <laughs> like that. So, uh, what episode was that? Nice. That must've been real early then. Huh? Oh, way early. I, I'll, I'll find it. And I'll give it to you guys for the show notes. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. I remember working at a, at a place where I had, a, I had a lot of sitting to do and, uh, you know, which waiting on certain things and, and different uh, contractors. And I had internet access, and I can remember watching like episode after episode and just, you know, laughing hysterically at some of them. Oh, I, yeah. Probably, probably to this day, my favorite one scene is the, uh, the flying brick. Okay. When yeah. Josh is up there and he, he's, he's up there, he tests the wind, takes the brick, and he throws it off the playground. <laughs> and it just goes thunk. Yeah. You know, that, that. <laughs> That that just you know, I mean I I love Josh Scott. You know, hopefully he doesn't hear this because you know he 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 gets a little creeped out around me. Uh, he he gets nervous. You can tell. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of Josh Scott. He's just you know I, I've accused him of, of not being like the hobby wasn't his super passion. He definitely enjoyed it, but it, you know, but he he definitely was giving to the show and giving to the community in a way that you know just just really rounded out the show. Yeah, definitely that that perspective of a beginner and all that. I don't know what's your favorite episode, Steve. <sighs> I don't know. I kind of like all of them. I like I like the one that um I forgot the name of the episode, but uh David tries to fly a helicopter, to chop a guy in half, and he ends oh. up like <laughs> yeah yeah I forgot what episode that is, but I just remember like I don't yeah know. that one was kind of controversial. <laughs> I mean, yeah, even with the crew. Uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one of my favorites um, got to be the. Uh, the jet one that we talked about last time, that when I got a chance to talk to Dave, I was like, you guys put that rocket in there. That was like 10 times the last oh, yeah. one. And when you guys fired at that, I never laughed so hard. I laughed my ass off with that one, man. Yeah. Oh, that was just hysterical. Yeah. Well, another funny one was when they went out and did the slope soaring. And oh, uh, they had a lot of comments on that. Oh, my God. I remember this, this whole thread that was just hating on them, absolutely hating on them. Talk about, I mean, not not to not to pick up the guys, but there's this kind of elitism in the hobby that you know, when you go to flight fest, you don't experience it. I mean, everybody no. there doesn't matter what their what their niche is. There's no there's no clicks. Everybody just just everyone's happy to be there with everybody. Um, and and I love that. And and on the forum, on the flight test forums, it's just like that too. Um, but to to watch this this battle, like you know, these guys are ruining the hobby, and and, and they're not going to last. They're never going to be around. You know. <laughs> here they are you know, yeah five six years later right yeah you, you you got a point too man when you go to flight fest i mean just 
you can ask anybody for anything. I mean, they're just so it's all it's just great environment. Yeah. I mean, and I know it's been said before, but one of the things that just really blew me away was um, the first year, the 2014, um, you had a man, a gentleman that got up and, and spoke on the live podcast. And what he said just gave me goosebumps. He was talking about how uh, he's really good at what he did. He was, he was, he was a farrier. He worked with horses, worked with men, you know. Um, but what he didn't know how to do was connect with his own family. He didn't know how to connect with his kids. And he didn't know anything about hobby. He didn't know anything about RC, but his kids loved it. And he was able to, to watch the show with them. And, and he didn't, you know, he wasn't at Flight Fest for himself. His kids wanted to be there, but it was something they could do together. And he it just, he was so happy that that was there for him. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's cool. We, well, we noticed when we were leaving, we, we said we we're going to cut out. And I think this was like one of our run ins with you, Fred. You were like, there's a storm coming. It was that Sunday. You were like, right. storm coming. Um, you guys get out now. Yeah, get out. You were go. like, <laughs> kind of like a bar at two o'clock in the morning. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You know, you, guys, you were like, yeah, yeah, more or less, get the, get out of here. And uh, we, so we ran down to the build tent. And we were like, yeah, we're just gonna see if we can catch any of the crew and just say, you know, thanks. And so we, uh, we got a hold of Josh real quick, and there was a guy talking to him that looked like he was a, a biker just got off a of Harley Davidson, the sunglasses and the beard and the vest and everything, and he was. His voice was cracking. He was so emotional, like, thanks so much. That is, and I was, we all made a comment about it on the way home. We were like, geez, did you hear, like, he, that, the guy was getting emotional. It's like, yeah. that's what it does. I mean, I've, I've seen in the customer support emails, people calling in, talking about, you know, how, I mean, it, it, it that, you know, you hear Josh talk about it, and it sounds kind of cheesy when he says it, but it, it's true. This is, this is helping people, you know, connect with their families. Uh, we, I, we had a, a guy that was a vet that came back from overseas and was, you know, he wasn't in good shape, you know, mentally. And this, you know, getting into the hobby with his family was a way to reconnect with, with the real world, the normal world. That's awesome. I, I you know, I, I wonder how many of these stories actually reach the guys and, you know, um, hopefully, hopefully all of them. So, uh, yeah, let's go into this first thing here. How did, how has a flight test changed your life and, or the way that you look at the hobby now? For me? I, yeah. I have less free time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very true. I think we can all say that, right? And less money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. no, they, they, like I said, they do compensate me for my work, so it actually has been somewhat beneficial. And I get, uh, not to brag, but I do get some free stuff from to, to so I can actually give accurate answers for customer support issues. So they, they're very generous with the stuff they send me. Nice. Um, but, yeah, no, the, uh, I, I've met people that I, I never would have met. I mean, you know. Not not to not to give him a big head, but Patrick up in Pennsylvania, I, I get to talk to him. Eric from the show, he's I, I get to talk to him every now and again. Of course, the guys on the show themselves, but um, the people through the forums, the people through the articles that don't use the forums, but they they post an article, um, you know. And of course, the event going up to Flight Fest, and unfortunately, I mean, I, I get obsessed with trying to to just stay busy, and and uh, so I don't really get a chance to sit down and talk to people like I'd like to. But I, I've had a you know a couple of moments where I could. You know, hang out in someone's RV or, or stop at the campsite and talk to them. Or, or uh, <laughs> Ryan Papp, who was our our uh, um, our medical guy for Flight Fest 14 and 15. He, uh, we had this kid that that just he was uh, he had managed to step on a patrol rod and punctured his foot with it. Oh, and he had gone so much into shock, he was actually going blind. What? Wow. Oh my goodness. And to, and I, I deal with stuff like that in my work. Um, but to watch Ryan 
Ryan was able to calm this kid down, got his, his heart rate back down, and got him out of this this shock. Just mm-hmm. Ryan was amazing. Um, wow. And and was able to bring this kid down and, and relax him to the point that, he, okay, his vision came back. And I, I had never experienced that. I, I never you know, heard of something like that. Oh, it yeah. It's amazing. Ryan, I, I pick at Ryan a bit, uh, you know, person to person, but he, he so impressed me that one moment that it, it's, that has lasted with me. I use that, that technique. Um, I had somebody that was riding a bicycle and she had gotten her foot caught in the spokes of the front wheel and was, I mean, you know, we had to go in and, and bring a pair of wire snippers to cut her foot out of it. Oh, jeez. Unfortunately, it didn't wow. do much more damage than, you know, it broke some of the bones and, and, you know, a little bit of surface abrasion, but she, she was kind of panicking about it. And I remember that watching, watching um, Ryan and how he handled it. And I actually was able to use that and calm this girl down and joke with her and talk about things that, you know, you know, what was the rest of her vacation plans and how is this going to affect it? And, and uh, just kind of made her, got her to laugh. And, uh, but that was thanks to Ryan. I, that was a technique I was able to pick up from him. So oh, wow. That's that great. changed, that changed my life. That's and, awesome. Yeah. Not even through the flying stuff, but through, through the people. Now that must've yeah. been this year, right? Cause I think the first year we had nothing, nothing happened. Or was no, no, we had 2000? a few minor things. Uh, kid picked up a soldering iron. That might have been this year, but I mean, very uh, amazing to have that many swirling blades, that many people with lock <laughs> loot guns, that many people with soldering irons, that many people with razor blades. Right. Yeah. Had almost no injuries. Nobody wanted to. Nobody wanted to have to put on the um, the power puff girls or or the Hello Kitty uh, band aids that Ryan bought. So right. <laughs> I think people will extra safe because of that. Yeah, I saw that walking by. They had a little chair there in the middle, right? That was uh, the first Yeah, the aid. first aid station with the Band-Aids. Right. Yeah. Like, that was all we had. No, Ryan had a full kit, but no. <laughs> yeah, no. The, I mean, great experiences. Uh, that's awesome. It's awesome to hear. Well, I know that um, if it wasn't for flight test, I wouldn't have met these two knuckleheads. So is that a good thing, or...? <laughs> for the Actually, most part. It just changed his life. Well, he didn't say whether it was good or bad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, but you and I, Jeff, we we met off our telefreak forum. That's true. That's true. But but, yeah, we might not have gotten as close, though. But actually, even the day that we met, we went right into flight test because during that um, heli event that we were at, uh, that was my first experience seeing a, uh, uh, a quad in person. Mm-hmm. And you remember we talked to that guy for a while, yep. and he had spent like eight nine hundred dollars, and I'm like, oh well, that'd be nice one day. Right. And then you turned to me and you were like, have you ever heard of flight test? Uh, because you could do it a little bit cheaper than that. Yeah. And uh, we, we went from there, and then we started mm-hmm. working on the uh, backbone. Yep, yep. That's yeah. That's how we basically met and became friends. Yeah. So yeah, we think. Flight tests and everyone, you know. I think uh, flight tests for me, um, I wouldn't be into fixed wings or probably multi rotors at all. I just, you know, like I, I had a passion for helicopters. I always thought they were really cool and the, the skill involved flying them and stuff. So even if, you know, how terrible I am as a flyer, I probably would have tried to stick with it until my pockets ran dry. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but flight tests, like, you know, I, I mean, I worked on planes when I was a kid, but I had zero luck with them, zero success. Well, so. yeah. I mean, how much money did you spend crashing planes that if you just invested Uh-oh. into a good radio and a good power system and then had Dollar Tree foam board, you would have saved all that money? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I mean, you get, you know, my, my mom, you know, she bought me all these planes. I mean, I was a brat when I was a kid. So 
I would ask for these planes. <laughs> be like, Mom, uh, get this for get this for me for Christmas. I know it's Christmas is about a month away, but it's gonna take time to get here. And then I would get it a week later, and I would start building it. You know, like, <laughs> like I, I can wait. No, forget that. I'm building this thing now. So, you know, like, and every single plane, you know, first flight crashed in the garbage, and. So I gave up planes, and I knew helicopters. You know, back when I was a kid, it was out of the picture too. Because I couldn't afford a plane. How am I going to afford a helicopter? But now, you know, it's like I'm older and I have some money, and it's like, you know, I like the helicopters a lot. But like, I'm I'm having a blast with these planes, and I'm so happy that I met, you know, Kevin and Jeff, you know, <clears throat> and everyone in the community, all all the people out of the club and everything, um, to just like. We just have so much fun when we fly. It's it's just ridiculous. I look forward to it. The day after or the night that I come back from the field, I'm looking forward to the next weekend. Yeah. You know? I have to say and the I, same thing for sure. Yeah. I mean, so and then, and really that all comes down to flight tests for kind of having that channel of like, and also the mindset, I think, because I feel like I'm more of a, I try to educate people more because flight test does that and I can see how they succeed in it. So I kind of, you know, want to do the same and kind of help people get off the ground and fly in this hobby, you know? So, like, it turns into a hobby ambassador. Right, exactly. Right. You know, so, you mean, you know, I mean, I know Kevin and Jeff, I've, I've, you know, made suggestions and tips and, you know, helped you guys kind of work through some stuff too with your hobby, you know? And I do for anyone on the field, you know? I don't care. Come up to me, talk to me about it. You have some issues, uh, you know. I'll see what we can do and help get that thing in the air. So, and I, and that's all flight tests, you know. They they changed my outlook on on this hobby, especially my initial thought about the hobby members being quote unquote uh, plankers, you know, like the grumpy old men that don't want to really talk to you about anything they're just kind of like set in their ways and this is this is the way you do it you got to get this kid you got to get this radio you got to do this and you know that that's a turnoff for most you know no one wants to be kind of like oh really that's that's all I, that's i got to go through all that to just chuck something in the air and fly you know and it's funny and, I, and i've seen transitions in some of those types of people where uh you know Years ago, when I was first trying to get into some of the, the clubs, you know, they had that mentality. You had to have a balsa plane. You had to be able to fly a glow plane. You have to be able to do it the pattern. You had to do, and you know, I'm I'm showing up with my little styrofoam flat plate, you know, electric thing, and I'm like, <laughs> I I don't have that. I don't want that. This is what I want to fly. Right. And uh, but now you're seeing them, you know, <laughs> they've transitioned over to the small electrics and and having a good time with it. So. Oh, absolutely. When yeah, I definitely. when I first joined a club, it was up in New York State, and it was. Uh, it was in the middle of a farmland. It was huge, the unlimited sky, and they flew big stuff, big balsa stuff, and I could barely take off and land from the ground. I knew how to fly and stuff, you know, sort of patterns, and and I can remember the first day they had a little driver's test for you, you know, before you, they let you fly at the field, which I think is a good thing. You know, a couple sure. of guys I had I had talked to were like, really, are you kidding me? I'm like, oh, well, you know, they want to see if you can handle the plane. Um I had built an FT cruiser. I had never flown it before, and I needed a plane that I could taxi. And I had a P fifty one with me that couldn't taxi on grass. It was it was always tipping over. So I said to the guy, I said, you know, do you mind if I, um, if I if I take my test with this? And he's like, you're going to take your test with a plane you've never flown before. And I'm like, yeah, I had flown the racer, and you know, I was I was a little <laughs> bit, you know, I had flown the Spitfire. So four channel was okay. With, I was okay with, and um, so I was like, yeah, sure. 
so he was really cool he was like you know just get it up there and get it trimmed out and um let me know when you're ready to start did my little corner turns and my figure eights and he wanted me to do a loop i think i did a loop but i didn't do a roll because i was wasn't sure about the roll rate on it and uh you know just brought it in landed it i tipped it over on landing he's like okay no problem you passed and i was like i always tell that story you know that that uh, as soon as I turned, as soon as I took off and turned with the rudder, and it, it did almost a flat turn to the right, I was like, "Oh, I got this nailed. This <laughs> this plane's so nice. easy to fly." I was like, "This is going to be real, real, real easy." Well, and real quick, uh, not not to deject, but the uh, you know the way you look at the hobby, I, I think one of the big things that flight test changed in the hobby is how videos were done. I mean, obviously the production quality, but you think about it, back before flight test, every single video. They edited out the crashes. Yeah. So as a new pilot, you're watching these airplanes and these guys flying. Look how easy it is because they never crash. And, and they, if they're doing it on YouTube, I can do it on YouTube. And, and then they, you go out and fly and you crash. And yeah. You're like, I'm an idiot. I, I'm, I suck. I'm the worst pilot ever. I'll never get this. And just you just want to quit. But you watch mm-hmm. flight tests and here's these guys. They crash every episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I can, so, remember, yeah. I can remember my first plane being, um, I think it was the Baby Blender. I had I said there was a few planes out the Versa wing at that point and the Baby Blender and I think the Spitfire was just coming out and I said well I'm going to do that Baby Blender because biplanes are cool and um, I was I was afraid Dyfus was going to show up at my door I was crashing it so much you know and it was just like I would crash it Friday I'd, I'd rebuild it Saturday be back out there you know Saturday Sunday and just go through it all again until I learned how to how to keep it you know in the air and eventually you get it and it's you would never have done that with something you would need to wait on parts for, something that's cheap enough. Do they make parts? You know, uh, Can you yeah. get parts for it? So it was such a, a great thing to be able to make it yourself and, and uh, get back in the air. Well, and the funny thing is they didn't, you know, that, that wasn't a flight test original idea. You know, I mean, you had RC superpowers, Dave, right. they was doing stuff like that. But they really, I mean, they, they just really brought it to the masses. They really, really made it beginner friendly. Yeah, uh, in a way that no one else had done before, and I think that that was probably one of the biggest strong points for them was the the, the just the openness to the beginner and just being really appealing to that. Because you think about the videos, you had two types of video. You had the ones like Dave Herbert and uh, the Night Flyer that just I mean he had great videos, but really low production quality. Or, or uh, um, the guy that does reviews, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name over in New Zealand. Um, you know, really good at content, but you know he's using a point shoot camera on a tripod. Um, and then you know the high quality stuff was like for the high end sailplanes or the really high end 3D like uh, higher plane productions. The hobby shop commercials were all high end. Well, yeah. no, they weren't. They weren't that back then. They they kind of they copied a lot of the flight test stuff back oh, then. Oh really? Oh yeah. I, I remember um, like banana hobbies and stuff like that. Trying to and it's funny you'd watch the the. <laughs> I remember, um, you know, Hobby King and and uh, uh, one of the one of the California nitro planes or one of them was coming out with some of their videos. It, it was almost like you had a group of people in a room saying, "Okay, what's making flight tests successful?" Well, they they have the TV in their intro. It's a dead TV. <laughs> but, well, then all of a sudden you saw that in the intros of these other, you know, these other videos. And then and then they're like, "Okay, that's not doing it. What what else is making flight tests successful?" Well, they have two Joshes. Well then, so uh, again, not to pick on anybody, but the Banana Hobby they have Tony and Anthony. So there's two Tonys, oh, and I geez. just looked at it it's like, you know, is this is this the way you're trying to recreate it? You know, <laughs> well, but, and they're, uh, and they're oh, still man. copying, right? The, I mean, uh, one of the companies came out with the PowerPod idea, and not shortly after Flight Test had the whole PowerPod 
Well, uh, yeah, um, well, like the Air Corps stuff. I think Air Corps yeah, was, was but, yeah, similar. Again, that I mean, that was revolutionary or semi-revolutionary with the the foam stuff. But that's that's an idea that's been around. I mean, I, I don't know if you guys were into the hobby when they were doing the spads. The no. the spads were these. They were using coreplast, which is a sign material, mm-hmm. and they were using squared the downpiper gutters. Oh, okay. And um, there there was an actual company that had a power pod type system that had the servos and the motor and the, the fuel tank back when it was all glow that would actually slide in and out of that, that gutter pipe. Oh, no kidding. Oh, wow. it was some awesome. I mean, that, right there again, that, that electric revolution, they were kind of, you know, tr- tr- trying to experiment with different materials, trying to make it the hobby more affordable and using stuff that you get at, you know, the hardware store or the home Depot, um, which is all stuff that kind of was, you know, kind of carried over into flight test that, you know, talk, talk about going back to the roots. Um, so yeah, there, there's uh, I mean, there's so much, so many things that, that you know, flight test is, is maybe they, they weren't the ones that invented, but they definitely bundled it in a of package that was very consumable. That it was easy for a beginner to, to grasp. I think it all came together under under one roof. You had the great production, you had the great on screen talent, you had the the planes that were real easy and the free everything, you know, free plans, yeah, and all that. Um, and you you have the time where now you have the batteries that are great and you know the brushless motors. You have yeah. A source like Hobby King where you can get a a three dollar servo, you know, and get yeah. a plane going. I think it just all yeah. like gelled came together. And you know what I think to me, and I've said this to the guys, is you have so much trash on TV. I mean, you really can't go anywhere without seeing. It, it was so nice and such a breath of fresh air to have a family friendly show. That was well, it, it, that you could share with everybody, and you didn't have it, to worry about you know you could watch it with your mom or whatever you know. It was funny because there was some pushback on that. You know, there was people that wanted to bring in, well, bring in a hot girl, you know, bring in someone, you know, that you know, and and they didn't want to do that. They wanted to keep it, you know, about the hobby and about the the community and about you know sharing it. Yeah, if if there was a female pilot, that's great, you know, but we're not bringing her on just because she's a girl, right? Uh, right. You know, so. No, my answer to that would be, well, <laughs> just go click on something else on YouTube if that's what yeah. you want to see. Yeah, there's plenty of it. Right. So, Fred, I want I think uh, you know more information about this than any of us. Um, the FT STEM program. Oh. Now, I know it stands for Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, is it? Yeah, it, and talk about, you know, that kind of goes back to, you know, the earlier topic about careers in the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or, or when I was talking about the kid that was, you know, writing an article and and here's a real world application about schooling that you know it's it's just something they're being forced to do it's some sort of punishment in school but all of a sudden no actually it's something that that matters in real life um the uh the stem program is a way to to get something that the kids are interested in that, that they can be excited and passionate about and and put take math that's boring and okay, well, in airfoil or or fluid dynamics or right. you know, any any of the, the the stuff that that makes these planes fly, the uh, the programming they're putting together actual um, accredited um, uh, curriculums that that revolve around the flying things. Sure, and, uh, you know, and for all grade levels, and, and uh, that's exciting to me. Again, you're, that's you're, amazing. You're, yeah. you're able to 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 get that 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 spark. I mean, and and people that might not. Get in the hobby because they're scared of how expensive it is. Well, you know, here's this kid in school that's able to see. No, it's affordable. Mom, Dad, I, I made it out of foam board. Right. You know, I made it for a dollar, right. and the electronics were cheap. I, I, you know, the motors ten bucks, the speed controls ten bucks. You know, whatever the case may be, and and you know, I, I think that's that's something that's so missing today. I mean, you, you you hear about the the problems with schools where they're teaching to a test. 
Right. You know, yeah. All you're doing is you're you're being fed information, and you only have mm-hmm. to hold on to it just long enough to get to the test. Yep. This whole common core math thing. Ugh. Well, and and so now here's here's something where you have to think about. Well, why didn't it fly? This one flew with this wing, but what if I changed the wing? What if I you know did? And uh, you know, I'm kind of guessing on some of the curriculum stuff, but I can all imagine that's that that's got to be involved in it. Yeah. Um, and so I'm excited that, that this is something they're able to get into the schools and, and give these people a, a chance to, to experience it that they might not have otherwise. Right, yeah. I mean, not just teach kids how to basically repeat numbers or, you know, repeat what they read, but to actually think about it and to be able to troubleshoot something. You know, that's a skill set that is yeah. kind of starting to go away. You know, people need to know how to troubleshoot things. Right. Why does this stuff matter to me? That's like yeah. a hidden aspect, and it probably... There's probably so many more, you know, than you have the kid that's going to sit in and say, well, I can't wait to get out and fly planes. But you have, you know, the math behind it and, and all that. And then, mm-hmm. like Steve, like you said, you have the troubleshooting aspect of it, too. Why is that? Why yeah. is that motor going the opposite way? Well, you know, right, I got to flip right. these two wires. Well, why is that? Oh, because it's, you know, three right, pulses to do. And, and, mm-hmm. Right. Well, or it, the polarity. And you, you learn stuff that you just it covers so many different topics. And I, yeah. and I definitely want to give credit because I know that Austin was the one that's really been backing the, the, the STEM stuff um, is working with that. So, I mean, he doesn't get a lot of airtime on, on the show, but he's he's definitely an integral part of the office there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Great. And now uh, they're also introducing this new thing that's going to be coming out, which is uh, FT Groups. Yeah, and, and that's got me excited. From, yeah, from what, me too. And, and, and mostly, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm kind of – Guessing at what some of it is now. I've talked to Josh about it, and and uh, he thinks that you know I understand it better than maybe I do. Um, but you know, one of the things that I find frustrating is if I travel. Mm-hmm. You know, where's the hobby shops? Where's the flying fields? If I'm visiting an area for a duration of time because I'm going off for training or something, I'd like to go out and and meet some people. Um, or my poor wife, she's so tolerant because you know I'll, I'll go pull up and try to find hobby shops on 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 Google Maps when I'm <laughs> in an area. And and right. she just gets chased, dragged around to it. But I mean, I get to see I get to see different parts of it, an area that, that I might not otherwise have visited. But you know, imagine being able to uh, go to a, a centralized location and and see where people are flying, or or you guys want to host an event, you know, do a, a you know freefall RC, you know, fly in and be able to announce it to you know a bunch of people, or do a live build online with people from around the world, the around the world, literally. Um, you know, I mean, the, the, the potential with the FT groups is, is just amazing to it. And it works with, with individuals, works with, um, you know, existing clubs. It, it's something that could be, uh, a really nice, um, community builder for, for people with the hobby. Now I know that yeah, the guys on the, the community cast were talking about the, uh, Google hangouts. Is that, is that part of uh, that? it? Not officially. Um, but when I told Josh that that's something they were planning on doing. He was excited because yeah, that that goes right in line with with this FT groups. I I I would love to see um, you know hobby shops get into something like this. Oh, for yeah, sure. Well, and and here's my thing. You know, I, I get so frustrated with hobby shops. I got frustrated with a lot of things. So you know, bear with my ranting. Um, <laughs> you know, once upon a time we're talking about you know back in the day when when you your two options was mail order or the hobby shop, and I remember. Hanson Hobby up in Massachusetts. Hanson Hobby was this amazing hobby shop in this guy's house. Uh, him and his son ran it. The old man would sit in the corner and he would build planes for people that didn't want to build. And the the the, the assortment of radio controlled airplanes on the wall. This just shelves of of all these different airplanes. You, I just went in there and drooled. I couldn't afford them, but I, I I would just go in there in awe of this this you know 
RC, you know, concentration of just everything was just so cool. And now you go into a hobby shop and they got a few planes, maybe. Um, and if you, you know, ask them about it, yeah, we can order it. Well, I can order it. Yeah. Um, right. And, but the, the problem is, you know, they get this, this, this seems to have this mentality that, you know, it's the customer's fault that they're not succeeding. And right. that, you know, it's, it's, it's China's fault that they're not succeeding. Well, what are you offering that I can't get on the internet? I mean, you're basically telling me that, you know, you'll order stuff for me. Well, I can do that. And well, what about the customer support? Well, I, I can get customer support through other people on the internet. Um, you know, what, what is it that you're doing that's different than, than what's available? And, and if they had build nights at a hobby shop, I'd go. Yeah. You know? If they're if they're hosting something where you know you could go in like Hobby Lobby, if, if you ever been into the, the the women's Hobby Lobby, you know they've got those rooms in the back where they they teach the painting or the quilting. Um, home Depot does it with uh, you know uh, seminars where they go in and teach you about different home repair stuff. Imagine being able to go to the hobby shop and meeting up with a bunch of guys and and building foam airplanes. And the hobby shop doesn't even have to say, "Hey, listen, you have to buy it from us." They could tell you to bring it. You're going to forget something. You're gonna yeah. forget a motor. You're gonna forget a connector. You're gonna forget. You know, you're gonna run out of glue or foam or whatever. They'll still make their sale, but they would they would have this ability to to be that person that helped you get into the hobby. They helped you learn yes. and build that customer loyalty that that's, yes. that they're lacking. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I totally guy, agree with you. My guy, my local guy is pretty good. Uh, he'll he'll rival a Horizon hobby, and he's he's pretty stocked is that up. In Kenville? Yeah, that's the guy in Kenville, and he's been there forever. But he, you know, you can you can definitely see, like you said, you know, he he could easily blame you know video games and and you know the the internet for his loss of business. But he, I think he does pretty good. You know, he does everything the trains and and uh, the RC cars and even the the model cars that are so expensive now. I can't. And, believe and it. I, I've <laughs> I've never gone in there and there not been someone else there shopping too, which is pretty yeah pretty good for that area. Yeah. yeah. I go over there for little connectors and stuff like that, and I, I've bought uh, a couple of I bought some servos and stuff like that from. Um, but yeah, he's got like every micro. He's always stocked with the micros. His his shop isn't that big. Does he sell any of the the, the you know the Chinese type stuff? He does sell the smaller quad, those small. Well, I mean, I mean more like the components. Because that's no. the thing that kills me. Is you walk into a hobby yeah. shop, it's and, all expensive. You know, the four hundred size motor is fifty bucks. Right and yeah, you know, no, he's more of an e-flight and high tech yeah. guy. Yeah, and so I mean, you you got the you know, and, and they but they get upset with the hobby king stuff. Well, then buy the hobby king stuff and put yeah. it on your shelf. Yeah, and maybe not making as much profit, but you're if a person that's not sure if they're interested in the hobby walks into your hobby shop and you tell them it's going to be five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars to get into the hobby. Oh yeah, and they walk away. You've lost every single future purchase that they were going to make. True. Yeah. Now, if you could get them into the hobby for a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks, every you know maybe not every purchase, but they're going to be coming to you for all that odds and ends stuff. I mean, I've walked into hobby shops that didn't even have a propeller, on a common size propeller. Um, you know. Oh well, wow. Yeah. Of course, I'm going to go online. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I just drove an hour to get here, and you didn't even have a propeller that I needed. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah. I'll go to him for like I said, little stuff like JST connectors, propellers, linkage stoppers, all that kind of like little stuff. Uh, even some, um, even some balsa and some uh, wire, and but you know, yeah. I I would love to see what I would. I mean, just just pie in the sky type stuff. Is what if what if you had something like the 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 craft room in the back where you go in and build? And what if what if one hobby shop was able to uh, you know feature a new build from Flight Test that hasn't been already announced? 
And yeah. uh, wow. and and everybody that there, you know, they got a free kit or they got discount or whatever. They got to do the build. They were part of the build when when Josh was filming the build episode. Yeah, I mean that would be amazing. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And, even uh, if they, even if they don't have this 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 room for it, I mean they could always you know sponsor something, you know. Yeah, the yeah. Area. Well, the, yeah, they could they could go to you know the Knights of Columbus Hall or whatever Knights you know. Columbus Hall or, sure, or VFW library or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean they, these these people. I mean they, they're always upset. And they're always look for a reason. No, I mean I don't mean to say they, but there's solutions to the business model that aren't being explored. Right, and uh, you know. I, and and you know, a flight test is in a position. You know, I would love to see more, more maybe maybe a cooperation with hobby shops. I know that they're working on getting the the foam, the flight test foam, mm-hmm. and I've seen the packaging on it where it, it's got you know the different you know models and the different skill levels that you could do. Um, imagine being able to go to a Hobby Lobby or something like that and buying just the foam, but it's, it's flight test foam versus you know just Dollar Tree foam. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, that's a great idea. Like, I mean, just expanding into like local hobby shops and. Even if, you know, like I know they sell on like Altitude Hobbies and I think Gray's Hobby, like online retailers and stuff, but like bring it more locally too, you know, especially if you have like, say I go to my local hobby shop and I tell them, hey, you know, this is what's hot right now. Um, a year ago, I went into my hobby shop and I said, hey, these 250 quad things are taking off. Like you should start stocking these like, you know, cheap motors, yeah. ESCs, 12 amps. They're, they're so cheap. Like you should just get a, you know, get a vendor and start dealing with this stuff because I know for me, it's annoying when I have to order motors from, say, Hobby King or any of these sites or eBay or anything because I have to wait. But if you had it, I would pay $5 more for that motor just so I could have it now. Right. Well, you know? Well, imagine the business opportunity for a hobby shop in a town that has a, a, a flight test STEM program. Oh, yeah. Wow. Instead, instead, yeah. Of a hop, instead of a, you might have a club that's got 10 guys in it that's active and they might come buy stuff from you once in a while. But now you've got 30, 60, 90 kids. That almost yeah. could be a flight test outlet store, you know, just that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So like make, yeah, make flight test uh, stores like you know retail stores. I'll buy to that franchise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, this is. I mean, this is. I'm. This is what's got me excited about this, the FT STEM and the FT groups, where you're you're able to kind of bring people together or you know expand their knowledge of, uh, you know, what's out there, um, either through the schools or through you know personal connections. That, that that's exciting to me. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. I uh, I got a super long day tomorrow, so I got to head out. Uh, oh, okay. Fred, it it was great meeting you. Well, thanks, Jeff. So, I uh, sorry about you know monopolizing so much of the show. No, no, man. no, that, no that, that's fine. why you're on here. <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. We, we we appreciate it. Yeah, definitely appreciate your time. Definitely, this weekend we have our our Christmas celebration, right? At yes. the field. Yeah, and and if there was an FT groups, you know, available, you could guys announce it to anybody in the area that wanted to come join. True. Yeah, I want to mention that to my uh, club president about like maybe doing some sort of like FT build night or just get like more kids involved because I know we're trying to. I, I think we're trying to secure an indoor venue, I guess you could say, um, and it's going to be primarily towards you know catered towards for the kids, and but like that'd be great to like also include this like do a build night and then the next day you actually made in your plane you know and and an indoor arena like just maybe building like mini scouts or something small you know so yeah yeah i'm gonna make suggestions of that sort definitely sounds uh, good but uh, all right, I, Jeff. I, I will see you guys later okay man see you jeff right. have Thanks. a good night so let's talk about you guys feelings about flight tests after chad and david left i i feel like um flight tests changed a bit 
after they left, especially after Chad left. I, you know, the production value is still there. They still have a good crew of guys, but I feel like the content's kind of getting like they're running out of ideas almost. And and I say this now when I wrote this a couple of days ago, but then recently they released a couple of videos that I found very entertaining and and very new. So you know, I'm probably you know I got my foot in my mouth now. So, but uh, what do you guys feel about that? I think the the magic has gotten uh, gone a little bit. I you know I I know David leaving was huge and and Chad um you know stepping away uh was was equally huge. I mean David was David was really I I, I don't know how to say. I mean he's he's his own unique individual. He did a lot of crazy things. Like he did a lot of like the butane yeah. on the on the one plane and and just and the like I said before the rocket plane and just a couple of those things come and, to and come the helicopter on. watermelon the helicopter yeah. watermelon well that's on his new one right on his new yeah one. yeah they recreated yeah. it yeah because yeah, yeah. he, he was he was i know he was mentioning in one of the podcasts he was upset because you know when they tried doing that first you know they just didn't quite didn't quite get it so you know the this was a chance to kind of redo it mm-hmm. you know the on his slow-mo cam or slow-mo time right that's because uh, the dummy had a watermelon on his head right yes and they're shooting for that right so, so yeah, I, I would say that yeah, you know, maybe the magic's gone a little bit, but I mean, I still still think they're for what they've gone through, they're still they're still rocking along, and uh, you know, I'm enjoying it. There are st- there has been more of the, you know, am I what am I watching? Am I watching a commercial? You know, I don't know whether that means that they're they've gotten a little busier with other things, or if you know they are running out of ideas. Who knows? I I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I do. Uh like peter i think uh he's a great addition to the team um originally it was kind of you know he was kind of shine the camera and stuff and it was a little bit you know unique yeah i was gonna say the same thing yeah you know i think peter's um, a little little shy yeah for sure but now now, like i mean his ideas and stuff that he introduces it's it's kind of reviving this whole brand i think you know well i i I, Again, talk you know, not just to, to you know the bromance side of things. Um, <laughs> Peter is someone that I've I've admired for quite some time. Um, he, uh, I, I remember back on RC groups when I used to watch some of the stuff he was coming up with. I mean, he was you know the the twins, the the guinea pig is an old design. I mean, it's really old. Uh, he came up with that years ago, and and that was I mean that just revolutionized um, you know you know the building to a degree. Um, yeah, you know, it was it was a plane that just everyone just just loved, and then uh, he was he was doing videos back then that you know was very flight testing. And they you know he was he was you know he, army guys and moving tanks and and making stories out of it. And I remember that video. Exploding. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah Peter, and, and you know he's just he, he's definitely a, a really smart guy, and he's and he's you know a little awkward on on in front of people and and. Uh, but I mean, I I've enjoyed watching him grow. Honestly, that yeah, uh, Peter yeah. has has definitely come out of a shell a lot. I mean, you, even from when he was first interviewed at, at the uh, indoor event, um, you know, he uh, <laughs> it wasn't yeah, a with his tall. Uh, yeah, right. and and then when uh, he got a little bit of airtime at Seth one year, um, but uh, yeah, he's definitely definitely. Uh, 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 come out of his shell quite a bit and, and it's funny because you know he's 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 come up with a lot of designs and in fact one of his designs was taken up by nasa and whenever right. i see them talking about it in the news now it's like i know the guy that came up with that idea uh it was like a 10 motor plane 
that you know the whole wing pivots up and there's motors on the tail and it's just there's motors everywhere you look on the plane it's like you know a Samuel Jackson movie uh, with motors <laughs> instead of plane uh, instead of snakes uh, yeah right <laughs> but uh, so yeah he he's he, he's 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 definitely got a lot of potential for the for the for the flight test guy. Um, but the uh, as far as the, yeah, the, definitely. the the change in the show, I even I've seen it. Um, you know, Chad was the director; that was his strong point. He he came in with a lot of direction, and uh, but the other thing too is you, you talk about the commercials. I remember there was a lot of flack for the guys when they were doing the Hobby King stuff. Um, talk about being commercialized. They they when the when the guys were being sponsored companies, they really had to kind of do what those companies said. And it really limited them. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't talk about other motors if they're featuring for one company. They couldn't talk about someone else. Um, and true. so, yeah, I, I think it's really expanded from that. Um, the other thing too is back then, back you know, the the, the shows that you know you kind of get really passionate about. And you remember with a lot of, you know, uh, you know, emotion. Um, they were coming out once a week, and now we're putting, you know, we've got movies, uh, we've got episodes from twice a week and podcasts and. You know, we're we're you know we're just consuming material from them. Uh, you know, coming up, you know, trying to come up and stay fresh with ideas. You know, it's not going to be a hit every week. Yeah, that's true, uh, and, it, and sure. it is easy to forget. Um, even with the background that I have with video production, it is easy to forget that you know they are doing two a week, and that's a tremendous task, and and still running the store, and still coming up with new stuff, and yeah, and still having a family. Yeah, and, 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 and it's still a small. It's a small crew. I mean, you still got Josh Bixler, and you've got Austin and Alex, and you've got Peter, but you also have the support of the wives. Right. Um, the wives, yep. You've got uh, Stefan and Mitchell that's in there, uh, Josh's brother, um, Jim. And, you know, I mean, it's it's still a family business. Even though they're owned by Lauren, um, it's still this family business that's, that's doing a lot of it. Uh, Stefan's wife, Elizabeth, does the you know a lot of the shipping. Um, and so, I mean, you still have this really small crew that's and David Knopp and Brian. I don't mean the, the video guys. I mean, you got you got guys that are doing the camera work and the editing and the and the, the um, you know the, the the plot outlines for the, the different episodes. And you got, uh, but they're also being split between that and marketing and, and community outreach and FT groups and FT connections and the, the, the FT STEM. And you got you know yeah. they're still trying to run the business and and you know. Know, provide content for support for the products that they're putting out, and you know that 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 they're able to accomplish as much as they can at all just blows me away. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, it's yeah. easy to forget. And so, and uh, I mean, and right. and and not to t- take away because yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the production quality is definitely you know the the episode, the feel of it's changed. But at the same time, I, I this this has come up enough times. I've actually made a thread on it over on the the flight test uh, forums. Um, and I was I was asking people, okay, what do you remember as your favorite episodes? And you know, there's a few episodes, but they're really far apart. It's not like every single one of the old episodes was a hit. You just forget the ones you didn't like. So there, right. there's an element of that there too. Yeah, and you have the episodes where it was more informative. I can remember going back because I didn't know what Expo was, so I guess in in a way it was more entertaining, like to me, because I didn't know what any of that stuff was. And right. Well, and you learned something from and it. And I right? learned so, something, but yeah. but if I know it now, I don't go back and rewatch that episode again. Yeah, you know that. And, and well, the thing too, for me, I uh, with the customer service, you know, flight test is almost getting to the point of like The Simpsons, where there's a reference for everything. Um, lots of times, if somebody has a question for me on how to do something, I'm able to reference an episode. And uh, I mean, you yeah. had the whole beginner series, 
Right. Uh, but the expo was a good one. The uh, the batteries they did one on batteries. They did. I mean, they've done a lot of the um, you know the how to stuff, uh, the soldering. You know, I mean, there's some really yeah. good information out there that I'm able to just grab a link to that video and and patch it into the the answer and uh, go from there. Yeah, so. I mean, even when Peter went over like the difference between a digital and an analog servo and the differences and how like you know you might want one or the other and yeah. or waterproofing electronics and stuff like that's all really cool stuff. And that's that those are recent episodes, but you kind of forget about them because they're not the ones sure. that really stand out. Yeah, no, that's very true. You make a good point there. And there's, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that you know. Again, from customer service or my, you know, reading on the forums or even my own personal observations, the, uh, you know, yeah, there's no David. Uh, David was definitely uh, someone that that brought a lot of laughter. Yeah, right. And 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 uh, skill set to the episodes. Um, but for for marital relations, the guy, I mean, he had to be able to, you know, go back and see his wife eventually. Yeah, uh, sure. I, I just kind of was lucky that we were able to have him for as long as we did. Yeah, very true. And you know what? I yeah. I really related with those episodes that he was in because they would do the first, you know, intro as to what they were doing, and I would always say, um, "Well, you know what I would do if I had that," and then they would go and do it, and they did it something similar with the um, with the multi rotor that would follow them around. Where I got halfway through that episode and I said, "You know what I would do? I would strap that transmitter to a to an airplane," and that's exactly what they did. They put it on the carbon Z cub and they were flying it around. Yeah. Oh yeah. I remember Josh telling me about that. He was so excited about that episode. That was that was a great episode. I mean, I don't know if you know there wasn't a lot of a whole lot of laughter in that, and and you know some of the David episodes was was a lot of laughing and and were pretty crazy. Well, but that was one of those that I related to. I was like, this is like an old time episode where you know you said this is what I would do if I was out there, and sure sure enough, they did it. Well, and then there's the circle plane episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love that one where they're flying the quadcopters through it. Yeah. And then the the remake of it at the I mean I I constantly go back to the flight test episodes where they the the the, the multi plane the the ten wing plane that Peter came up with yeah that and was then the giant circle plane right mm-hmm. and then now the uh, the flying star destroyer flying star destroyer yeah, that, was right. that was awesome I like that episode that's what I'm saying I'm kind of putting my foot in my mouth that like I thought that they ran out of ideas but actually. You know, it just no, well, like you're saying, I'm I'm seeing so much more of it that I'm kind of categorizing it all the same. But that well, flying yeah. star destroyer one really gave them some some hits. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And, well, go look at go back and open up all the you know go into the the YouTube page and go open up all the different episodes and and start looking through them and saying, hey, you know what, I did like that one. And and you'll see that it's kind of this weird pattern that there's a lot of ones recently that you actually did enjoy that you just didn't you kind of forgot, but you you really. You've gone back to some of the old ones multiple times to show your friends or to show family and, and use those as examples of what flight test is, that those tend to stand out more than, than more of the recent ones. Yeah, I mean, when I introduce people to flight tests a lot, um, I, I love all the David episodes, just the way he laughs at everything. Yeah, the, and, the laughter you know, See, the first one I show people is the one with Corey Feldman. That's the oh, first gosh, one. That was <laughs> I'm kidding. That was probably <laughs> one of the worst ones. It was so laughing. windy that day and... Well, I felt bad for Josh Scott, who's you know <laughs> trying to do his comedy element, and and, and it wasn't it was going happy. nowhere. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> it's funny to look back now, but yeah, that was yeah. that was pretty rough. That one. Yeah, I remember talking to Chad about how that came about. You know, basically he just booked it. He's like, okay, I'd like uh, some sort of celebrity to join us on this, and uh, you know, but uh, yeah, that's crazy. Well, that's cool. So so we got a whole new kind of cast of like. You know the public facing, you know, on the YouTube show. Um, 
you know, Peter obviously is, is a great addition. We've been seeing more of Stefan and Eric Monroe shines in here and there. And we got, you know, Josh's brother, Jim. Um, I mean, what do you guys feel about that? Like the dynamics of it? Is it you think it's it's growing into what flight tests kind of used to be with David and Chad and everyone? Where it was, you know, and Josh and Josh, like with, we, we started missing Josh later in the years, you know, as he was doing his own music career and stuff with his church. But, um, I mean, what do you guys think about the dynamics of the crew now? Um, I think, you know, that just like we've been saying, I think that Peter originally was a little a little bit of a awkward situation, you know, watching him because uh, he wasn't, you know, used to uh, being in front of the camera that much. But I think he's really growing into it. And, uh, you know, I think what what Fred said was it's it's nice to see that you, you almost have your you know, you almost have a relation where you where you see see that and you can relate to that, you know. So I think I think Peter's actually Peter's doing a lot better job than than I thought it was going to be when he first started doing the, the first couple episodes. Um, Eric Monroe, I don't I don't really see too much of uh, other than Eric's er, Eric's kind of um, got himself tied up with his own thing now. He's he's part of ways with flight test to a degree, and I know he's 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 really focusing on his own business. He's not exactly a full time employee of the you know the flight test guys what is he doing is he doing commercial photography well or? he he was doing stuff with discovery channel and, and he's got some other stuff he does his own he does a lot of you know videography that maybe doesn't involve the, the uh, multi rotors but he does try to implement it some um but he he stays busy with his own production stuff oh cool okay and where does Stefan come in I know just all of a sudden he kind of started seeing him in episodes here and there yeah Stefan's you know another family inheritance uh okay and uh, he he married in uh, Elizabeth is is uh, I believe um, part of Austin's family and okay. uh, and married in with that way. But uh, he was just in the drone uh, video where they were flying around the office, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he does he does a lot of the periscope. If you if you follow any of the periscoping, he's really oh, okay. that's where he, he, talk about seeing some of the personality of these people. The periscope is where it's at, you know, and that's kind of an underutilized thing. Yeah. Um, it's but, hard. I mean, I'm working, so it's hard. And I see the pop. I'm like, oh, let me just let yeah. me just click on it and try to see it. But you know, and yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of liking the idea where you know the after hours guys have been working with the YouTube live, and mm-hmm. it stays. You know, once it's recorded, it stays on board. Right. Um. But yeah, there's you're not getting as much the show host element as you used to, uh, and I think Josh does that a little bit on purpose, um, because I mean, well, you look at you look at what happens now, where you know David it becomes such a personality of the show. And now these, yeah. there's this like void, yeah. And uh, there's an element of negativity about it, um, sure. and you know there might be a, just some hesitation in, in getting that kind of magnifying glass on one or two personalities on the show. That if for whatever reason they left, right, that okay. it, it would be detrimental to the show as a whole. Um, so I, I I would like to see a blend. Uh, I would love to see more Alex. Um, I think that that he could definitely be more of a personality on there. That that you know, because you know when he is on there and he's and he's able to to you know be Alex, you know I love seeing that. Uh, I've got to meet them in person, and and that's how they are in person. They're just great guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stefan's definitely got a personality to him. I can't wait to see more of him out there. Jim, Josh's brother, <laughs> he is a hoot. Uh, he, uh, I, I've. I wonder how much would translate to film well, but he is a. I mean, Jim's a riot. I I love talking to Jim. Yeah, Jim. I only think I met once. I I haven't actually even like had a time to talk to him at all or anything like that. But yeah, well, we met him at um at the Maker Fair, right? Yeah, I was just gonna say that. Yep. 
but again, that's kind of where the the Periscope and the original. I mean, the the kind of FT extra that they had to hope to do that mm-hmm. just never seemed to really, you know, um, culminate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's that's. I was I was really hopeful for that that you're kind of going to see the personality blends. You know, personalities bloom there. Uh, the podcast. If you listen to the podcast again, you get you get the you get more of that personality dynamic than you do in the show in a 15 minute 20 minute segment where they're trying to put so much out there the topic of podcast real quick though after hours or regular podcasts if you had to choose one oh that's tough um i mean i i love the the regular one Mm -hmm. for the insight into what's going on behind the scenes with the show right Mm -hmm. but chris and those guys uh they definitely have a personality to them that that, i mean you feel like you're hanging out with them yes um, yes, I when we when I met him at Fly Fest, uh, I felt like I knew him, and and I could I could understand because people say that they say like when you listen to a podcast because they're right in your ear, you kind of or in get your that, car like, with you, yeah, or in the car, like you get that like personal feeling, like you know these people, and oh, I kind of like you know when I went to see it, I was like I was really excited. I was like, oh, Chris, I want to just you know introduce myself and all the stuff, and Kevin was with me, and, and it was great, you know, like and they're just like they are on the podcast. That's how. Oh yeah, are. that's them. And I don't know if it, if you guys yeah. are like me, but I talk to the radio when I you know because I play it through my radio on, when I'm driving, and uh, I'll be like answering them in our <laughs> through the you know every once in a while I'll actually bring out the phone and call them, but uh, and then right. they, they don't know what I'm talking about. I start mid sentence, you know, mid conversation with them, like, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. like I was just talking to them while they're podcasting and here a week later or two weeks later I'm talking you know, I call him, hey, what, what are you talking about you and he's like where are you coming from so oh man I only talk to the radio when I'm listening to political yeah and then I start screaming but the, uh, yeah but yeah we, I, just, we've, I, I dude I, I almost said in my head as you were saying that Fred word for word you know that I, I like listening to the regular for the behind the scenes and to check in with the guys you know hey how's it going you know how they're doing and but I, right. there's something about um Chris and Wayne and Mike that I, I enjoy listening to those guys. Well, and it, and it is it's yeah. after hours, so you know I mean it's that's that's what it is. I mean one it's two different. They're definitely two different shows. And Chris has got to be like one of the coolest. Like, even Wayne and Mike, all three of them. All man. Of them. All I, of them. I got a chance to actually like one on one talk to Wayne at Flight oh, Fest. Oh, Wayne and, is so cool. He's really, <laughs> yeah. really decent guy, smart guy. We hit it off right away. Yeah, yeah. and we, we were taking pictures of each other. I had the the cell phone out, and he's got his you know nice DSLR. Oh, we got nice. kind of cool shots, you know, you know, dueling shots. Yeah, yeah, I gotta talk to him. I, I, I don't know if Wayne got any good shots of my helicopter at Fly Fest. I wanna, I don't have good pictures, and I wanna see if he took any. So I, I think he has. Does he have an email address with uh, Flight Test, like Wayne at flighttest.com? I, I've never tried contacting him through there. I would definitely go on uh, the Flight Test forums has a a section for podcasts. Okay, uh, yeah, and so. There's there's two different ones. There's the one for the show podcast, which is you know all things podcasty, um, and that's for the the flight test podcast and the after hours podcast. And then there's a uh, there's another one for anybody that you know that wants to get into podcasting if they want to have a place to kind of you know talk to people. Um, and that's where the community cast has theirs. And I think someone else just got one on there recently. Oh, nice. Do you guys know anything about that? Free fall RC. Hey, that's right. Podcast. They got a, yeah. they got their own section of the forum. Duh. Yes, <laughs> Dude, that just went so over my head. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I was like oh, nice. Like, that's cool. <laughs> so, so basically, if if you're listening to this podcast and you want to argue with us, yeah. um, or agree, yell at the radio, the forum, and and and, and make <laughs> yeah. your comments heard. Um, if if 
if you uh, agree or disagree with the different points as far as you know quality of of and not to take your pitch away from you there, Steve. But you know if you if you if you want to have your input on what shows you like, what shows you didn't like, or or if the quality was up or down, feel free to jump on the forum and, and comment on it. Yeah, uh, definitely. Or if you have ideas, if uh, you think that that there's a you know a career direction with the hobby that that wasn't mentioned, go ahead and jump in with that. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, you know, I mean, we don't get enough of it right now because we're we're so new. But I love getting feedback. I I love getting suggestions, feedback. Well, you know, I I take everything as a learning thing. So well, here's the thing too. There's going to be people months down the road, maybe years down the road, that they're going to go back and they're going to try to listen to the early podcasts. And they're going to catch this podcast, and they're going to go looking for those forums. So, you know, the conversations could go on for quite some time. No, that's cool. I'm all for it. So, uh, I mean, okay, so I was only at Fly Fest 2015. Uh, I wasn't able to make 2014, but I know both of you guys were there. Yeah. Kind of, you want to just kind of talk to me about, like, just kind of want to see, like, from 2014 to 2015, I know it grew in size and, like, the build tent doubled up and every, you know, just so much more uh, pilots there and everything. There was but, mud. Yeah, yeah, there was mud. mud. And rain. You know, there's, yeah, there's well, mud. Well, we had rain both times. Know. That's right. Yeah, no. Well, the, the first one was the rain was the wind was the, the detrimental part of it. Yeah. Uh, literally blowing tents away uh, while, while the podcast was going on. Yeah, that, yeah was that was pretty 2014, crazy. Twenty fourteen, right? Yeah, yeah, that was the crazy one. And then, and then last year we just had just the rain and just, and we tried using the the field next door, which would have been great if it didn't rain as a uh, overflow for parking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because rain, it's just, I mean, and you're talking these giant Class A RVs trying to get in and and getting stuck out in that mud field. Uh, I, I I'm not sure who came up with the hay idea, but that was genius. That, that yeah, saved things. That uh, shit saved my boots and sneakers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I remember going to the first one, uh, the 2014, and I only went out there Friday. I think I, I drove out Friday. I stayed Friday, Saturday, and I came back Sunday and um, didn't really know what to expect. I, did, I didn't know. Uh, I knew there was going to be some people there. And driving out, a buddy of mine, Pete, um, uh, was was watching it, I guess, on Periscope, or they were doing a live stream. I think they did the live stream. They were doing thing. the live stream, they're, and they were, I remember they were live and Oh, Chad got me good. Um, so he comes up to me and he's, he's interviewing me on the thing. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to edit everything out that I'm uh-huh. saying. Because, and so I was saying stuff that maybe you know, I shouldn't have. It wasn't anything vulgar, or, you know, but I was just a little bit more carefree. And it uh, turns out later that it was live broadcast. So, <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, he got me. <laughs> yeah, I was driving out and I was trying to catch it on my phone. I was trying to bring it up on my phone as I'm driving. Uh, but he was like, yeah, I'm watching it. He goes, I, I can't believe I, I didn't go with you. And then I think Steve and Jeff both said the same thing. You know, man, we should have went, all went. I had the uh, I had the big Mustang with me, um, my racer. I had my Vigan, and I think I had the Corsair that I built. I had built Filkin's Corsair and had it all painted up. You were over on the, um, oh, what side of it? The uh, You were on the barn side, weren't you? I was on the left-hand side, like left, yeah. down towards the end, but in front of the 3D and the heli guys. The first year was on the left-hand side. Left-hand side, if you're looking at the flying field? If you're standing at the house, if you come out the front of the house towards the runway, it was like all the way down on the left. Okay. No, I, I, for some reason, I was thinking that I'd seen you up at the other end. I had um, I had an easy up that during that windstorm, I did not I – I don't think I had it. No, I didn't have it staked down or anything. I had no idea that the winds were going to get that bad. Yeah, and oh, it was crazy. I came back to my Jeep, and it had wrapped around my Jeep 
like thank god <laughs> it just hung onto my jeep because yeah i was hearing the stories of how tents were blown into oh the next well patrick yard had and... this tied to his his camper shell and it ripped the back window off oh, oh. man wow but yeah, yeah that, no, was, that I mean, was brutal i was the whole time i was thinking did i leave my battery box open because it's going to be full of water i was like oh crap and I remember running down there. You don't think to bring a flashlight, so I'm running down there with my iPhone out, the flashlight, and I can't yeah. see anything. And I'm, I, I think I had put all my planes in the Jeep, so they were okay. I just had some stuff under my little table. Oh yeah, it was it was an impressive storm. Um, I, I, for the most part, it was a blur both years. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, I can I remember, remember going by too fast. Both, but yeah, but the second year yeah. when I went with these guys, Fred, man, we. We we had that camper and we didn't stop laughing the whole time we were there. Like we were just yeah. busting each other's chops. Um, we would we would be out there flying all day. We had, you know, we'd come back to the camper at the end of the day. We weren't all said and done. We'd ha- we'd have a like a drink or two and just hang out and just just like talking. Man, I had such a great time. I can't wait to do it again. Well, I'm bummed because yeah. this year was the year I was going to go. I, I told him my wife has to um, find someone else. Not not to be mean about it. Yeah. I would experience yeah. it. From the other side, right? No, yeah. definitely uh, understandable. I'll, I'll come volunteer a couple yeah. times a day, uh, but I just want to get you know. I want to go and hang out with these guys. I felt so bad. Here's all these guys, these volunteers that are, I mean, they are just awesome, awesome people. And I regret not being able to talk to them after the event more personally because I was so busy going from one place to another that that you know I, I didn't have that 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 one on one time. Um, yeah, and you're probably burnt too, probably after four days of that yeah. stuff probably burnt out that's why oh, one of the yeah. questions i wanted to ask you was you know did you get a chance to fly at all you know did you get a chance to enjoy anything i always hear about fred the volunteer and and i never hear about fred the rc pilot and what he likes to enjoy yeah you know? no and, and the funny thing is um the uh the irony is the best time i had last year was when i was doing the announcements <laughs> something <laughs> you didn't want to do yeah the, year before. I, the, the reason i took the volunteer coordinating stuff was because i didn't want to do the announcing and i had a blast with that when we were doing the combat and we had the little kids out there with their planes just doing kid combat and uh you know and and then the battle royales that they were having or announcing the uh the uh the the, the peter planes nice that was yeah. fun that i actually had a good time with that so yeah cool man now um so in 2014 i know kevin you just mentioned it, that the 3d flight line and the heli flight line were on uh, the left side where i guess where the um volunteer section was uh, in 2015 yeah. yeah yeah okay because that's one complaint i had about 2015 is that uh, it was i mean i fly i like i love flying helis I, I wanted to fly helis there and i brought you know i brought my big bird you know 700 goblin out there putting the heli flight line right next to the beginner line was a little disconcerting for me i mean you know yeah. that line is meant for beginners and i'm i'm you know I'm totally for beginners flying. I want them to fly. But, you know, they're constantly coming into the heli flight line. Constantly. Every single circuit they do, they're in the heli flight line. Heli fl- and, you know, <laughs> granted, my 700, it costs a lot of money. If, you know, if, I, if a little foam plane hit it, it will come down. And, you know, I would probably be okay with it. You know, it is what it is. It's part of a hobby. Kind of deals with an accident. But, I mean... I, it was nervous. It was nerve wracking for me, and, and it's already nervous as as hell to fly a seven hundred Goblin. You know that costs like almost three grand, and like almost be taken out by you know a forty dollar phobia. Yeah. Like, oh man, please stay on your side. Well, you the know? funny thing is, every event 
flight line layout is always the controversy. I know right now the, the, the they've got the layout for Ceph, which is the big Southeast Flight Festival. Right. Uh, it's the Southeast Electric Flight Festival. Um, they, that's already a buzz with, you know, they're not happy with the way things are lined up. So it's always a challenge. You're never going to make everyone happy. Yeah. But, I mean, when, when Kevin explained to me, it was like, oh, but last year they had it with 3D guys. And I was like, that makes sense. You know, if you got heli flyers, um, hopefully at a certain level where they can, they're in control of their helicopters flying at a fun fly. Um, and then you have 3D pilots that can stay in a box if they wanted to, you know. But to put it next to a beginner fly land was just ooh, see. So I don't remember in fourteen whether the, I don't remember where the beginner flight line was because I would talk to the three D and the heli guys because I was right there. I was right on the flight line and I'd just fly out and say, you know, nobody's flying. Is it okay if I fly here? And they, no, you know, nobody had a problem with it. I'm sure. Pretty sure the beginners were down over by where the uh, the shed is, the the barn. Okay. Uh, because I remember that a lot of the guys who were doing the flight line work. Were going down there with buddy boxes and helping teach people to fly. Okay. Yeah, I remember there being a main flight line, and uh, yeah, I just ran, I was running all over the place the first year. I was back and forth and all over. That property was awesome. That they have an I, I mean, that's like my dream to like retire and like you know live in you know oh yeah a, a lovely home with all this land and ah. Oh, I don't even care about the nice home. I want the runway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Exactly. I, yeah. I, I I'd be happy with one of those shipping container houses. <laughs> right, the prefab houses. <laughs> oh man, I mean, I think Wayne too from the flight test after hours. He oh just, yeah, he just right? yeah. I think he was talking about that he has this whole big you know plot of land that he can fly there, and he even has a neighbor that flies. Which that, is that's what kills me. I've been trying. You know, I'll, I'll wear my flight test stuff everywhere I go, hoping that somebody will recognize it. Uh, right. And uh, and then uh, you know, I, I talk to people and say, hey, you know, how do you feel about drones? And uh, I, I haven't found anyone really has taken me up on it yet. So uh, I keep hoping to find a neighbor or someone close by that, that's, you know, excited about it. But yeah. it, this, like I said, this is kind of a black hole for the hobby right where I am. Well, you got to introduce it, you know, get the community, uh, get it out there. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. Um, and I'm doing that through my customer support and uh, <laughs> with flight tests. Um, and I'm hoping Hopefully after FT groups. Well, and I lucked out. I, I I have gone out. I've done. Um, I actually did a talk for the local high school. One of the one of the local high schools. Well, actually, this, where I went to high school down here. Okay. Um, they have an extension class with Embry Riddle, and uh, so I went in and gave a talk for them one day. Uh, and then and then the instructor actually came by and and uh, he bumped into me in the town I'm in now and invited me back. But he says that Embry Riddle is doing something interesting where they're doing um, some of the local schools here. They're doing televised classrooms for the for UAB stuff. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. So I mean, it's there's there's people doing the stuff in classrooms. It's just you know, I'd like yeah, to see more. Of it. Get them together. Yeah. Nice. This is going to be our longest any... podcast yet, man. I think. I, I think so. But I, I love mean, it. Yeah. No, no. No. I don't. I I don't look at the time. I don't care. <laughs> at this point, <laughs> it's it's past the hour and a half that we normally would do. Everything's gravy from here on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I know uh, we kind of went a lot about flight tests. Uh, Kevin, I just want to give you any chance if you had any more things you wanted to talk about flight test related or if we, could, or if we should move on. No, I think we're, we've touched on a lot of, lot of cool things, a lot of things that people have been wondering about. Oh, I have one more thing I want to add. Um, I know flight tests, their whole, I guess, business model is, you know, education, a lot of beginner stuff. Um I want to see more intermediate and advanced stuff. 
Yeah, I I do too. Um, and I'm I'm really excited about Peter's uh, you know, tilt rotor mm-hmm. Bronco. Yeah. Yes. Um, again, but coming from the and, and uh, I'll try to be as polite about this as possible. Um, the, the, with the customer service I've done, mm-hmm. uh, I, I've run into a lot of things where where there's a certain element of the customers that that expect a ready to fly package, you know, and oh, yeah. and they're buying a multi rotor and they're upset because the uh, you know they 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 expect it all to be done for them. Um, you know, as far as like the, the the flight controller and all that stuff, and and I'm excited with you know the the you know the 250 Pro, the the Vortex Pro that's come out, which looks fairly yeah. plug and play, mm-hmm. but it's still not. It's still there's still tuning involved, and there's still um, I, I kind of asked them tuning to put, calibration, yeah, yeah. I kind of asked them to put a disclaimer on the on the store page. Um, I I had a guy. Uh, I mean, it's funniest it's funniest complaints. I, I don't mean to say funny like I'm picking on them. Um, there's people that want picture instructions. They want text, you know, instructions. And I'm like, you've got a video. You've got to build video. Yeah. Right. I, I, I don't know how many times, I mean, you know, nobody is excited about an Ikea instruction pamphlet, you know. Um, you know, I, even, even, even the quote unquote good instructions that show color photographs in the, in a, in a multiple page build manual. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't doesn't compare to me being able to rewind the video and see how they did it multiple times. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of some strange stuff there. Uh, oh so man, do you think I sh- I'm sure you see everything? I'm sure yeah. you see all kinds doing what you do. So do you think that flight tests? You know, I mean, I'm not talking about like intermediate as far as like intermediate builds or advanced builds. Like I'm I'm gonna I'll talk a little bit later, but I'm. I want to. I'm doing this advanced build, and I'm going to do NerdNix A10. Yeah. Um. But you know, like I'm not talking about building aspect, but I'm talking about more of like flying aspect. Like, you know, they they kind of tell you how what each control does. They have the beginner series, kind of teaches you how to set up and and buy and then fly a plane. But like, you know, like I want to learn to do rolling harriers. Like, you know, I mean, I know there's other YouTube channels, but I would love their like take on education, how to educate folks on doing you know like 3d acrobatic stuff or I, I know they've touched on that some when they had aaron come on mm-hmm. um yeah I, I could see that, that more of that uh i know they, they do tend to focus on the stuff that revolves around their own product yeah. uh to a degree um and you know that I is mean, that but, is a whole nother avenue that they could go down to i mean i get the i get something on facebook i think it's from the ama or somebody or aeronaut aeronautics academy something um where they they have like a monthly like move that you can learn to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, something like that would be great. There's mm-hmm. there's a venue for that that's not being utilized. There's the article section. I mean, we've got members in our community, in the flight test community. It doesn't have to be Josh and Peter and those guys. There's so much more to flight test than just the guys on the show. There's nothing stopping anyone from going and making their own article and and, and having it published if if they've got material like that they want to share. Now, don't just make a video. Um, if you look at the uh, the flight test articles, when they submit an article, um, they have the show, but they also have a breakdown of the show in pictures and text. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's one of the big things that you know when I'm when I'm sending stuff back to people, if they send me just a video as an article, it's not that's not. I, I tell them say you know imagine this was in print, and the video didn't work, would the article still have the same impact? Sure. You know? yeah. But yeah, there's the there's the articles, and flight test is really big about pr- promoting members of the hobby, you know, members of the community up. 
Um, you know, they they definitely you know the, on the Facebook page they'll they'll post uh, you know links to the articles for different articles that are interesting. Yeah. Um, you think about like like um, well, Nerd Nick is is gotten his popularity through you know his um, contributions to Flight Test. Uh, I, I think a lot of his exposure was through articles and 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 stuff like that. Um, yeah. I mean, that's where I first. Flying know. Penguins, one of them. Flying Penguins, another one that's yeah. you know, and again the. Ultra micro. What, what other what other business would promote you know the quote unquote competition, you know? Yeah, true. Uh, even, even going to their their store, they've got links. You know, yeah, we've got a motor and speed control and all that stuff. Here's our package, but here's other ones if you if you want something different. Yeah, and right. Um, you know, even to I, even to the uh, the the jets that uh, that what is it the the Mesa jets? Um, oh, oh yeah. yeah, Mesa RC. Yeah, even, yeah. Even uh, to yeah. that they. They nod to that, you know. Oh yeah, and 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 at no charge. I mean, you can come in and get this free publicity, this free audience. But the only thing I ask is is if you submit a, uh, even with the just for fun ones, if you're submitting an article, make sure there's some sort of educational content to it. You know, I want someone to be able to read that and get take something away from it. Um, oh, absolutely. Uh, That's why I think I've only published maybe three articles, uh, but just because I'm like, you know, I know how to do this. This is great, but uh, does is anybody going to get anything out of it? You know what I mean. Well, and, and the funny thing is, I you know the articles is another source for me to, you know, if if somebody wrote up an article that answered a customer support question, I'm going to use it. I'm going right. to link them to that article, uh, even if it's not something you know, it's it's not a flight test from from Josh or Austin or or any of those guys. Um, if Kevin writes an article or Steve writes an article that that answers the question i'm linking to you there i'm and i'm stealing them i'm putting them i've got a folder on my computer here <laughs> that breaks down different topics that i'm able to go in there and get the the answers for those questions and and you know and and have visual and, and textual um you know content that's oh, awesome that's cool do you think there's any um demand for helicopter stuff on flight tests oh absolutely i got i get a lot of people that wish that flight tests would do more helicopter stuff and uh, mm-hmm. please, no, if you want to write an article about helicopters, introduction or, or advanced stuff or, you know, continue on with the puppet, you know, as far as the <laughs> uh, helicopter build, um, you know, finish, finish what he started. Yeah, no, I would love to see that. And, and I know that there's, a, there's a, an audience that's eager for it, too. Yeah, because, I mean, I could probably write some articles for, like, you know, basic flight for helicopters, basic, you know, ideas and, like, how you know you go from learning a hover tail end to you know doing what, circuits and stuff like that you know what, just basic what, flying what is the terms how do you rebuild a head what 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 parts should i order you know that's going to be something that breaks more than once right um, mm-hmm. you know i i was into helis for a while and and i i actually got to enjoy the rebuilding i just hated the wait for the parts coming and the expense of the parts um, you know, so where, where do I source parts? How, you know, what, what can I expect to break and how do I fix it? Uh, yeah. how do I program a, how do I program a radio to do this stuff? A lot uh, this, of questions this, that I have for Steve and Anthony, the two guys yeah. that I talk to a lot about. Write an article on that. And then, you know, if someone asks you online, you don't even have to, to re rewrite it every time. You can just link that article and, um, uh, you know, and, and, and give them that information. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. I think, uh, Maybe I'll talk to Kevin offline. We'll kind of get like the questions that when he first started, you know, and just kind of let's let's make some of this stuff in an article. And, and, and anybody listening to the podcast, if you've got an idea that you'd like to see Steve or, yes. or Kevin write an article about, please post it on the forums or on the Facebook page. 
yeah, or email us, you know, just get in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, so, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this definitely is one of the longest podcasts. Well, there's uh, no feeling. I'm looking at the numbers ticking by. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got over two hours and 48 minutes or so. Yeah. Now, some right. of that's, you know, offline stuff, but. Mm-hmm. That's but all right. You know, gonna be we've, two, had two and a half hour. we've had people that have said, yeah, you know, I got no problem with the, the how long you guys are doing the podcast. We just, I'd like to keep consistent with, you know, the other ones, but this, we have a special guest on this time, so, yeah, you know, we can go I'm longer. Sure about the special long. part, but, you know. We have a guest on this time. Well, you know, special back then doesn't mean the same special now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> we got a very talkative oh, guest tonight. Jeez. Yes. No. <laughs> no, no. It's awesome. So, yeah, it's great, man. It's, it's definitely a pleasure having you on, man. I'm so happy that uh, when I reached out to you, you, you uh, agreed to uh, come on the show. So thank you again. Um, all right, so let's move it on. Uh, crash stories. Crash, crash, crash. I, well, I, I don't have anything recent. But okay. my, most, could... my most memorable mm-hmm. and probably most painful crash was uh, – oh, I, I, I can't even think of what plane it was. Um uh, the, it was a, a E Flight Katana, the, the the little one though. Okay. Uh, uh, if I if I remember correctly, uh, pretty little sports plane, uh, aerobatic plane. Uh, I was at at the local flying field. My wife was there with me, and I'm 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 doing some inverted flight real low to the ground, and I'm so proud of myself for being able to do it without crashing. I turn back to my wife. I'm doing the kind of the yeah, look at this thing, and I look back, and my plane had gotten a little close to the ground, so I pulled back to lift up. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, and put yeah, it right it dug in. a nice little furrow along the field, and parts went rolling down. And the plane was somewhat fixable. Now, at the time, I was living uh, – we had just moved down here. We're, we're still living out of our, our camper trailer while we're looking for a permanent place. And uh, my mom had property that we were able to, to put the trailer on. So I stored some of the stuff at, at, inside my mom's house. And uh, so this was a, several years ago. And uh, – my brother, who's got special needs, if you if if you look at any of my old videos, the chipmunk goes to Hodges. That that's my brother. Well, he found this broken plane, thought it was trash, threw the whole thing out, the motor, the speed control, all the oh. surface. I oh. had a whole other, I had a whole other fuselage for it. I was going to transfer it over, and I went to do it, and it was gone. Oh man! So yeah, that's that's probably my <laughs> most ma- painful and memorable crash because it just uh. it was a, it was a crash that that just kept hurting. <laughs> We uh, we haven't wow. done that, Steve. We haven't done the your most memorable crash. So maybe uh, you want to. You got a memorable one? Yeah. Why don't we just Why don't we just roll into it? Um, give me a minute. I, do you have one off the top of your head? Oh right man, do I? I have. How much time we got? Oh man, I got a couple. But the my favorite one is the very first. I did everything they tell you not to do. I did. <laughs> I I my first plane I bought was a P fifty one. I had to get a P-51 because it's the coolest looking plane. My father-in-law is, uh, God bless him, he's he's approaching 90. He was in World War II. So I go down to the local park with him, and I take this thing off from the ball field, and I'm flying it around. Cheap Chinese radio, no expo, don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, how am I going to get this thing down? After I'm, th- He's loving it. He's like, that thing looks great. It's just like they flew in the war, and I'm kind of like doing Cuban 8, sort of like, Going up because that's the only way I know how to turn. Go straight up and roll over, and then <laughs> then do a you know an aileron roll to straighten out. And I'm flying around, and I'm flying around, and I'm like, well, I don't know 
there's no timer, there's no nothing. And I'm flying around and I said, well, geez, I'm going to have to figure out how to land. So I put the landing gear down and I come around and I'm kind of going to approach the, the ballpark and I make one more circuit and I fly right into the top of this tree, like 40 feet up. <laughs> Boom. And I could hear the sound like it was yesterday. So he says, no problem. Now he's like, he's 85 at this time. He's like, and he, this is, this is at the PAL where he's, he was like headed to PAL for like 30 years. So he's like, no problem. I'll go into PAL and I'll get a couple of, we get the, the metal conduit and we're duct taping them together. And, uh, he gets a ladder and I'm halfway up in the tree, like a monkey and <laughs> I'm shaking the tree. It's not coming down. It's stuck. He gets the, we get the conduit and we're snaking it up through the tree and I hear off in the distance like thunder lightning coming in oh and all i can hear is my (laughs) brother-in-law saying you had my 85 year old father in a lightning storm trying to get a plane out of a tree with a bunch of metal conduit (laughs) i can hear him like like old italian are you out of your mind you know so we finally before the before the storm got close he wedged up popped it up and and it came crashing down and I still have that plane. It was one I got from Nitro Planes. I've rebuilt it. It's been in the trash twice, I, but I still, I'll probably fly it again. It's it's like you, it's like the beater now. That's one of those universal stories. I think anyone that's been in the hobby for any amount of time has had the sticks that are taped or <laughs> or somehow attached together, trying to poke airplanes out of trees. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. I was literally up there, like halfway up, shaking it. Like a complete idiot, I can see the neighbors like looking out their window, going, "Look at this moron in the tree, shaking this damn tree, trying to get this plane out of here." But it was it's, uh, it's one of my memorable ones because because um, my father in law and the the whole lightning storm and all that stuff. Yeah, man. nice. Um, I actually never tied poles together and tried to get anything out of a tree. It'll I thought you were going to say I've never um, crashed. <laughs> no, no, I've crashed plenty of times, especially at our old field in Green Pond. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, I know when when someone gets stuck in a tree that high, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a little too easy to just kind of write it off. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I got one, I got two planes stuck in a tree. One at our old field, Green Pond. Um, it was the Great Plains Kunai, and I was coming around. There's a big pine tree. Um, that we kind of go around or in front of to. Uh, make our approach for landing when the wind's kind of blowing from the left to right. And I'm coming around this thing, and I'm like, oh, I got this. I'm cleared. I'm cleared. And then crunch right into the tree. And at this point, I was just like, oh, oh, well, uh, I guess I'm not going to be able to do anything with this. You know, try to wiggle it out with the controls and throttle it up and all that stuff. Uh, that's not my most memorable crash story, but it's just that's a crash that happened, and and I was going to write it off into, uh, you know, one, one of my good friends came over said i have a bucket truck and came and set up the bucket truck and went up there and grabbed plane out of the tree that would be so me i want to thank him i want to thank him <laughs> yeah i just i didn't want to say it was just you know because you know well, yeah as long as you don't yell at him at the flying field he'll come help you with a bucket truck yeah <laughs> yes well and, uh, i guess someone listened to our podcast and, and i don't think work listens to it but if they do I, that was the time i said i was going to put my christmas lights up and I went and rescued Steve's plane out of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank your boss. For a while again. Um, but my most memorable crash, I would say, is when I crashed that 450X uh, over my head onto the uh, a Blade 450X helicopter. We were at Green Pond. We're flying. Behind us is a fence about, I don't know, what would you say, like eight feet high? Yeah. Or something. And then there's a, you know, a, 
a two-lane road there. Um, it's a nice curvy road that a lot of motorcyclists and, and car enthusiasts drive on. And, you know, I'm, I'm flying around, smacking the sticks around, doing my thing. And I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a circuit. I'm going to do a hurricane where I'm going to bank the heli over, give it a lot of throttle and, and curve that around really quick. Well, it curved around real quick. And when it got above my head, I lost orientation and I started trying, you know, I tried to recover. And it went right over the road. At that point, I just hit throttle hold, cut the engine, and just let it slam down. Like, you know, I didn't want to get into someone's house. I didn't want to have an incident. And it landed right on the double yellow line. <laughs> and, and, and all there is is just cars and motorcycles going by. And I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like trying to – I'm walking the fence line to see if there's like a spot I could jump over. I, I walk back, and I couldn't find – I'm trying to walk around and like to get – out back to that road, you have to kind of go around this barn and and kind of just you know a big thing. And I'm like, I'm like Kevin, just try to hold the fence up. And I went underneath the fence. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you, yeah. We, we were trying to go over. It's eight foot, and I wasn't. Getting... Yeah, I was like, no, that's not happening. So I'm like, there's a little like you know where the, yeah, it was like the, chain you know, link at the bottom. Time. And yeah, we I remember. Yeah, that's right. Picking it up, and you like shimmied underneath, shuffling, and, shimmying underneath. Like, yeah, and, I, the and, then, and cars are still whizzing by, and I'm like, okay, okay, it's, it's, I'm playing Frogger now. I'm like, is it clear? Is it clear? And I and I run over, get it. Ah, uh, that was like the most adrenaline, you know, feeling that I got from a crash. Like, you know, I've crashed the trees. I've crashed my Vigan and went right through a tree and ripped half the wing off and just came swirling down. You know nothing. Like I, I laugh about those things, but this one, oh my god, I was, I was just worried that first it was gonna hit someone driving or a motorcyclist, you know, and that's gonna take someone out and injure someone. I was scared that, um, not scared, but I was worried that someone's gonna run over it, and you know, then like the light bulb might blow up and this, and might cause an accident. Just, just you know, a million. <laughs> I could just see the movie, the movie style explosion from running yeah. over. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's the reality of it, and then your memory of it. And right. uh, <laughs> the tire so gets punctured in- by the blade, and the light bulb's on the the back of the bumper and explodes as the car flips over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. You know these things are. You know, light bulbs are dangerous. You know, the blades are all carbon fiber, and there's metal rods sticking up in this thing. And I was just freaking out, you know. And when you got your drone running, it's like it all happened in like probably like a minute. But in my head, it was like all these scenarios were popping up. Like, oh crap! What? Oh no! Well, how am I gonna explain this? You know, and to the police and everything. So I'm freaking out. I mean, but sure enough, everything was safe, and yeah, I fixed the helicopter and flew again, and it was great. But yeah, I mean, that's got to be my most like memorable crash for sure. So if you did purchase that heli from Steve on eBay, it has some history to it, right there, <laughs> right? Because you got uh, rid yes. of that, right? Yes, I did. I did sell it on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> slightly used slightly used you know well that's the beauty of the helicopters it's not like a plane that yeah. you know when you're replacing parts or you're repairing parts i mean it's it's a it's broken forever you can replace everything on that helicopter yeah, yeah. yes helis are you know they're not too bad to buy used i mean i've, I've done it I, I i don't like buying used just because i like uh the building aspect of helis but yeah now now if you guys, you know, if you do an article on on the topics, you do have to remember to point out that um, check the boom for your uh, linkages. <laughs> you know, plastic wrap. Check. I'm I'm never gonna uh, live that down. Uh, no, 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 yeah. no, no. I go I, into I the deli to, I, on my way to the 
to the field and he says, you're that guy with that boom, right? I'm like, yeah, dude, just give me coffee. Please. <laughs> I, I was trying to talk to Steve, uh, you know, before the podcast and I was, I was letting him know that if we ever do fly tele, uh, tandem helicopters together, yeah, yeah, if I say it. stay on your side of the runway, I mean it, but it completely, <laughs> he didn't catch it or he ignored it. One of the two. <laughs> no, no, I thought, I think, was that the day I, I, I basically lost my phone? Yes. That was your phone day with the cops yes. and the. Yeah, I was having a pretty bad day that day because, uh, I mean, Kevin, you haven't heard about it, but basically I lost my phone. I thought someone stole it, but I think it fell out of my pocket or whatever. And, um, you know, with my job, like, because I have so much access to critical systems, I do IT work. So, like, all my shit got revoked. Everything, my email, my VPN, my two-step two verification, my super admin rights to our Google admin, like everything, and I was just stressing out that day. So I was like, sorry, Fred, I just, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with something <laughs> I, I can't talk to you, but I'll talk to you later on. And like, yeah, I mean, like, even like, you can even ask my fiance. She, I was just like, I'm not in the mood for anything right now. Like, just just please leave me alone. I just want to watch TV and, and kind of soak in my misery, you know? That, uh, <laughs> that, that's something I'd love to hear as a, as a as a uh, podcast or see as an article is an uh, airplane widows, uh, you know, their viewpoint. How, how do you, how do you, you know, living with a man who plays with toys or something like that? You know, that's, I, I could see that as being a fun topic. Yeah. Oh, that could be an episode. We'll get all our wives on here and, uh, <laughs> talk about, uh, let yeah. them kind of lead the podcast. The, and the, 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 the horror stories that my poor wife has, like I said, that one crash is just one thing. The, the dragging around, she she actually had the uh, the nickname of Godzilla for a while because um, you know Flight Fest isn't the only event I attend to. If you get a chance to go to a local event, do it. It's 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 a uh, it's an experience. Um, try to meet some people, meet up with them there because uh, otherwise it can be overwhelming. But anyway, so we'd go to these events, and she she had no interest in it. We're in the the pickup truck with the camper shell on the back. And she would stay inside the camper shell with the mattress and just read. And uh, so because of the shell, that she was c- considered the hermit crab. And uh, Crabzilla and all sorts of other nicknames for her. <laughs> but, uh, oh, yeah. My wife would she, be uh, in the sun. She is so tolerant of, of me and my hobby. I, I couldn't be in the hobby with, with, you know, if, with any other wife, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think anyone who's maybe this deep in the hobby that we all are, need to have a partner in life that is considerate and understanding because no one would stay with us. We'd be bachelors. Yeah, well, yeah for sure. <laughs> you know? There's, so. a, there's, there's room for the, the wife podcast and, and a wife appreciation podcast. Yes, yes. We definitely got to get that going for sure. Um, I'm to the point where can... I piss my wife off enough during the week and she's like, you're flying this weekend, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it intentional or? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want to spend time with you, so go fly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right, so let's go to the next section here. Uh, what are we working on? What's uh, what's some new stuff that we're working on, trying to get ready? Fred, why don't you take this? Okay. Well, um, one of the things I've been working on is uh, is I've been doing trying to put together some some uh, customer support videos. Uh, nice. The Gropner line of radios that the flight test has been carrying, uh, they've got some amazing um, capabilities. The, uh, the the all-in-one flight controller and receiver that the MC, uh, the GR18 is a is a great piece of equipment. I mean, but there's no support for this the these products online. They, they're a German-made product. Uh, if you find a video about you know how to operate them, it's in German. 
<laughs> oh, um, boy. And I've been waiting for somebody to, to put something out, and they haven't. And I've had so many questions about um, how to, how to, just as simple as how to bind them. The uh, the simple sore, the the oh, not simple, the tiny trainer package that Flight Test puts out uh, comes with the 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 five channel radio with the six channel receiver, mm-hmm. and because it is a beginner product, that's you know being purchased by beginners. Uh, they're running into a lot of these the same mistakes, and uh, um, it's as simple as the fact that it's already bound. I mean, Spectrum doesn't you know you get a Spectrum receiver, you have to bind it. That's the first thing you do. Well, uh-huh. these radios, the Grappler radio and the receiver, they come together. They're already bound. You don't even have to do anything. Oh wow, well, really? So so they're going in trying to bind it, right? And it's not working. And and uh, I the one of the things I figured out uh, <laughs> if if the the uh, the the MC10 has a uh, switch on it for uh, a wireless buddy box. Okay. And if you try binding the radio while that's in the teacher mode or the teacher position, mm-hmm. um, it'll bind, but then it won't do anything. It, you can move the sticks around and it won't do anything. You have to rebind it back in normal mode. And there's no directions for that anywhere. I haven't. I didn't. I found that by accident. Um, oh, another thing that radio will do is. If you're if you got it on the bench, you you got the receiver down on the on the bench, and you got the radio there. All of a sudden, the radio will start beeping because the only thing I can figure, and I'm no ex- expert in this stuff, but I do know that antennas have dead zones, mm-hmm. and I think what happens is the dead zones overlap while it's on the bench because I went over and I just turned the antenna a little bit on the transmitter, and the beeping stopped. That was it. It was it was it's telemetry letting you know that the the signal's weak enough that you maybe should turn around now. Uh, oh wow! Jeez. And, yeah, and on on a, on a five channel non computerized radio, you're getting telemetry feedback on it. It seems like so. Uh, wow, that's cool. Yeah, it's. I mean, they're great radios, but there's just I, I I still end up recommending Spectrum a lot to beginners because there's so much content out, and there's so many people that that's got them. There's there's places to go for help, and the, I would love to see the Grappner get there, but because I mean, yeah, I've got the MZ24, which is a is a computer radio with a touchscreen, mm-hmm. uh, and oh man, it's awesome. I and with the uh, the GR18, the programmable receiver, um, you know, you can put that in a multi rotor. You don't have to do anything. It's already programmed. You, it it knows left, right, up, down, side to side. You don't have to do any orientations to it. If you put it in with the antennas painting pointing forward, it's done. And so that is our, your flight controller then? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the receiver is the flight controller. And yeah. you could mm-hmm. change all your pins from the screen on the transmitter. Yep. You could change your rate, you change everything through you don't have to hook it to anything. Oh, you don't see that's nice. You can bury it inside the multi rotor. Yep. And it's in there. It's done. And so I love it for that. Um but the uh you know, when I first got it, I'm going online trying to download drivers and firmware and you know, doing all the stuff like you would have to do with a flight controller. Mm-hmm. And Josh, you know, I finally get a hold of Josh. I'm like, Josh, I, I hate to bother you about this. He's like, yeah, he just starts laughing. He says, you don't have to do any of that. Just just put it in. I and, can so see him say that to you. Like, yeah. You know, with a big smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm like, what? And yeah, I, I break out the thing. I go in. There's a, you know, you go in through the telemetry to, to make your adjustments. And bam, it's it's flying perfect right off the bat. And it's a great it's a great little. I mean, the flight controller on is really good. I was impressed. Nice. Yeah, I know. Um, Grobner also makes a flight controller for uh, single rotor helis. They oh. make one that's a uh, that's exactly like the multi rotor side, where it does your full. Um, your it's a full, you know, three axis gyro flight controller. 
Um, you could program it all through the radio. There's, you know, it's it has like all the telemetry built into it and everything. So it's pretty neat. Like I said, I'm thrilled with the the Grappler stuff. I I'm just wishing there was more support, and I'm to the point where I'm I'm starting to try to put together support videos because it's just there's nothing out there. I think that's a great idea. I mean. Um, that's something that flight tests or you um, should do is like, you know, you, you make this kit available, right? This FT trainer kit with the radio, the charger, everything, like pretty much all in one ready to fly kit. You know, you have your build video for the plane, but, you know, have a video specifically for every electronic that you get from that kit, setting it up, you know, with the radio, the receiver, all that stuff, how to charge the batteries. It's kind of like an all in one encompassing video that. You could even like maybe make it as like a DVD that you send with, or or just not you know DVD, just send a link. Hey, thank you for buying this kit. Here you go. This is how you build it. This is how you set up the radio. This is how you do it. This is how you your main your flight. You know. Do oh your, yeah, yeah. And I tell you, it's funny because well, and, and the problem is all of us are guilty of it to a degree. We know enough with the hobby that we forget the beginner questions, mm-hmm. and so I I will find myself sometimes getting frustrated. Uh, online and one of the big things that I, one of the, one of the things with the forum that we're really big proponents of, is nobody's allowed to tell someone use the search feature. If someone asks you a question about how to do something, even if it's been asked a thousand times already on the forum, mm-hmm. nobody better be on on there giving a hard time saying they need to look it up. You know, if you don't have anything, if you don't want to share or show them how or whatever, then just don't say anything. But so here I am, I'm doing customer service, and I will sometimes get find myself getting slightly frustrated with the people asking these most basic questions. But then I have to remember, they don't even know where to look. They don't even know what yeah. question to ask. Right. Yeah, they don't know what search, and right? search so is, right. It's a nice thing to kind of remind yourself that these people are in such a beginner mode, they don't even know what to type into Google to start. Yeah, and that's again. That's the the beauty of flight tests. It it gets that it gives those beginners that that starting block. Yeah, that reminds me of the whole expo and and uh, you know the the dual rates and expos. Rates. That I had I had I knew that there was something like that out there, and I had a question as to you know it can't be one for one like this. Yeah. You know the control surfaces, and uh, I remember research, and I knew I'd heard the term expo, but I had no idea what it was. And until I sat there and watched that video, I think three or four times, you know, you finally get get the idea of what what's going on and that's the whole the approach that i have i try to be in the patience that you need um especially like with the helicopter stuff you know when we have someone new i even you know advise that to my club president that you know we don't have any helicopter trainers in our club we have folks that fly helis and that you can ask questions but we don't actually have anyone to like say buddy box with or you know can you check this settings make sure everything looks okay you know before i take my maiden flight and I suggested to him that, like, I would volunteer to be a, a helicopter buddy boxer or a question person and stuff. And, you know, and for the most part, they're all for it. You know, they don't, they're kind of worry about the buddy boxing. Um, but, you know, as far as, like, if anyone has any heli issues and they need help or they have questions of, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there just hovering. I want to learn to, like, move the helicopter around. Like, what do I do? I get nervous, you know, that, that they have a person they well, can go to. That sounds know? like a perfect article. Yeah. You had given me a lot of insight, Steve, before the helicopter even left the ground as to, um, especially with my fly bar setup with the linkages mm-hmm. and just the positioning of everything, you know, your servos yeah, are at 90 degrees. Yeah, and right. how everything should be even. I mean, there was so much information that you gave me that you didn't get anywhere else. It was hard to find, even with, you know, Mikey and his puppet. It was <laughs> it was hard to find. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe I should do that. Like, uh, 
an introduction to hel- RC helicopters, right? Like, what is collective pitch? Because I know that's still, like, for yeah. someone who doesn't fly helicopters, they have no idea what that means. It's yeah, just what's the difference between coaxial fixed and collective? So coaxial, you have two rotors without a tail. And your, your two rotors spin opposite directions, kind of like a multi-rotor. And uses the torque or the decrease or increase of torque to rotate the helicopter like yaw, right? Just like a multi-rotor. And then you have your fixed pitch, which is basically your blade pitches are fixed. They don't... They're like they're a propeller not, on an airplane. They're like a propeller on an airplane. So the only way you can increase your altitude or decrease your altitude is all due by motor speed and how fast those blades are spinning. So those are, that's fine for a beginner to learn orientation and learn how to fly. But if you ever want to get into advanced helicopters, which is flying a collective pitch helicopter, it actually impedes you a little bit. Because well, I'll tell you, with the fixed ones, the, mm-hmm. what I ran into the problem with um, is in order to descend, you have to slow down your rotor head. Right. Well, which when you slow down your rotor head, you lose control authority. So it's yes. like being in a motorboat. If you've got the motor wide open, you've got plenty of steering. But you yeah. You can start idling the motor. Yeah you, yeah, you can shake the stick on the, the motor all you want. You're not turning. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's a great analogy. Um, and, then, and then when you get to the more advanced stuff, going with the collective pitch, basically your motor speed stays constant, and now you're, you're basically moving the pitch of the blades to go up or down or inverted and stuff like that. That's how you get inverted flight out of a collective pitch helicopter. And, and that's basically a basic... Uh explanation i mean yeah when i first started yeah. flying i didn't even know about the constant head speed i my i was always in idle up i, I didn't know the difference between it oh well, yeah you were always in normal mode right serious thing to do yeah i was <laughs> i was always in you know the takeoff mode and, well, I, and the other thing that you run into with go from fixed fixed pitch to the uh, collective is um well or, or going from an airplane to a collective pitch mm-hmm. is uh you get that muscle memory to shut the throttle off when something goes wrong. Yes. Yeah. Oh yes. yeah, I've smashed a few helicopters <laughs> into the ground because oh, I have too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, to 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 know even in a fixed even with the more modern fixed pitch helis, like if you're gonna crash and you know it crashes imminent, you hold you click that throttle hold button. You have to learn that to save on repair costs and to save on injury because I've flown a little. Uh, what is it, like a WL Toys little fixed pitch heli. Oh, yeah. That was kind of my first one. And I flew it around in my living room, and it came close to me, and I was freaked out. I hit the throttle down like you would, you know, normally on a plane. And that thing came slamming down into my foot, and it actually, you know, like cut me on my foot with these little plastic blades. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, man, this is embarrassing, you know. And But that's the stuff. Like, you need to know, like, if you're crashing, hit throttle hold, so there's no electricity going to that motor. So that's just freewheeling at that point. Yeah. Well, and I, like I said, there's there's a lot of stuff that um, people that could be writing articles that aren't because they, they mm-hmm. don't think they know anything. And you just have to know more than the beginner. You know, yeah. get, what, and, and, and especially if you're still a beginner yourself to a degree, you know what questions that you're asking trying to find help with you know, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I encourage everybody to, to – I mean just as long as you write an article that's, that you know, actually is teaching something that – um, you know, is is someone else is going to learn from? I, I'm I'm all for that, and so that's where I'm at with these videos, trying to, you know, trying to put some educational stuff together for folks. Yeah, man, uh, you, you sparked an interest. I think I want to try to uh, maybe write a whole series of articles that's just that's just kind of go into the helicopter world because I feel like 
flight test is mainly for multi rotors and planes, and I don't know if there's actual real interest in helis until I spoke to you about it. So, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and again, that's one of those things where you know there's not a big interest in the helis with the flight test community because that's not their strong point mm-hmm. as show hosts. So they don't feature it on the show as much. So you're not seeing as much talk about it on the articles or in the uh, forums. Right. But I, I would love to see you know that change. Yeah. Because, I mean, we're all hobbyists and we all love flight, you know, whether it's a single rotor, multi-rotor, uh, fixed wing, you know, we all love flying. So Heck, the, the guys are starting yeah. to fly a, a blimp sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I saw that. So, yeah, even 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 some of that maybe lighter than yeah. aircraft. Mm-hmm. So And, I mean, the one the first full-scale episode they did was the, the Goodyear blimp. Yeah. So, I mean, there's every aspect of flight that, you know, heck, they just did the uh, – <laughs> the the uh fly, the flying parachute one uh, yeah. episode yeah, so the paraglider that yeah. looks really cool that looked cool that looked hard to fly though <laughs> well it's because they didn't know what they're doing the um it's it's all proportional thrust okay on it the more thrust you give the more it climbs mm-hmm. and then as you back off on the throttle um because I've got a full size one I haven't flown yet and I'm I'm trying to to learn uh. And so yeah, you're you're steering by dragging one wingtip or the other, and it just creates mm-hmm. drag, so it pulls on it. Yeah, kind of like when people jump out of a plane with parachutes. Yeah, it's the same thing. You're, the two you're, rods, the two yeah. Uh, cables. Yeah. So, so let me ask you: you got a you got that that paraglider, the full scale one, uh, registered, huh? No, nope, because FAA, it's an ultralight huh? light and it's not required to. Isn't that total BS? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't get over that. I I. That just gets and you're still me not time. registering the aircraft with the RC stuff. You're registering yeah. the pilot in theory, but anyways, that's that's would be another three hours. If yeah, yeah, for sure. That rabbit hole. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's uh, do the wrap up here, Kevin. All right, I wanted to uh, go through the states again, um, but I think I'm going to go through the countries first because we actually have yeah, countries. Said, you want to say countries? Then? Plural. Thanks. Yeah. We still have uh, listener. In, we have 13 listeners in the United Kingdom as per right now. Uh, but we have more listeners in Sweden, uh, and I know a few people uh, yeah, from Sweden. Um, mm-hmm. We have some listeners in Denmark. Uh, we have five listeners in an unknown country. I don't know what that is. And we have one listener in the Ukraine, which is pretty right. amazing. Pretty amazing considering I was like thrilled that we had like one uk person one uk yeah well well, even the the first couple of times i was looking at this when we had like listeners in seven different states i was like thrilled man yeah so uh thanks guys thanks so much for listening um and uh in the state side we have um listeners from arizona oklahoma indiana colorado georgia south carolina kentucky connecticut new mexico and iowa those are uh, Uh, and michigan and Michigan, sorry. Yeah, thank you. And Michigan's nice. a big one. We have uh, 16 listeners there. Yeah, but isn't it funny that, you know, w- w- the, uh, the the highest population of listeners right now is from Sweden? You got 24 there versus <laughs> versus 13 in, the, in uh, was it 13 in the United Kingdom? Well, well I mean, then, that's, I don't think that's including, and like, 16 in Michigan. <laughs> yeah. Like, the old stuff that we didn't mention, that we, you know, we've already mentioned, like, Jersey, Florida. Um, we, we have some, Jersey's pretty big. I think that's just me logging to uh, yeah. Yeah. multiple times, <laughs> multiple times on every browser, you know. <laughs> well, these are actual listens. Um, they are um, like the feed hits, right? They're like not. They're times. not the, the the hits where 
yeah, where a web page opens with our. Well, guys, I, I've been enjoying the podcast, and I, I can't wait to see you know some of the users commenting on the on the flight on the uh, Facebook or the flight test page where you can you know maybe read out some of their posts and comments. Well, I do have a yeah, few well, of those too, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's go through them real. I quick. got one real fast from um, a guy named Christopher. I don't know if I should give out last names or not, but um, through Facebook, he uh, he's contacted us, us a few times. Christopher B. He said, um, "You guys have to come up here." Uh, he's up in New York State, I believe, um, the home of Kyle Stacy next year. Uh, the Rams Field for Helicopter Jam- Jamboree. It's usually a Labor Day weekend in Maston, New York. Uh, Macedon? 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 Okay. Sure. Yeah, we'll take it. That's it. That's Look that up. <laughs> um, I never said reading was a strong point of mine. Um, and <laughs> um, Todd Optional actually left us a a post in uh on the facebook page and said i'm digging the podcast guys looking forward to more so thanks and then i kind of wrote a note because todd optional kind of sounded like an eight a 90s you know band <laughs> yeah Doing, oh that's, that's what it is I yeah like, I, I, I wrote a little <laughs> note like it sounded like well instant larry wasn't a band instant larry was the name of a song that the melvins did and uh, so i was like Instant Larry and Todd Optional doing doing covers of Detachable Penis. That's what I wrote in the show notes. People <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, come on, man, you don't remember that song? Oh, that's a great song. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember it, but I just didn't know where it was coming from. Like, just you know, contextually, I was like, what? Yeah, you know, I come I come up from left field with all my stuff. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, thanks guys for for giving us the comments and uh, listening. And Fred, thanks so much for coming on. I'm so glad we got a chance to do this because, like I said, I always hear about Fred the. The, the volunteer i never hear about fred the guy and uh that was what i hoped we could get out of this you know but it was great to talk about flight test with you and and all that man thanks guys hey and, and you know i, I kind of feel guilty you talked about flight test because i'm you know um contract labor more than than an actual staff member but I, i'm definitely a fan first so. well that's the whole thing like it's not i didn't ask you to be on the show because i didn't even actually know you actually like worked with flight test more than just volunteering so that this was all news to me, so this is great. Yeah, yeah. Just, the, uh, Josh kind of um, bushwhacked me on the the job thing. I uh, I had been doing all the volunteer work with the forums and stuff like that, and then after Flight Fest 2015, he approached me with uh, you know coming on for actual you know compensation, and and I'm like, yeah, no, I, I don't know, I'll have to think about it because you know I don't want to, I I didn't want it to be a job. You know, yeah. I enjoyed doing right. it. And then, uh, you know, I, I swing by the office, and everyone's congratulating me for being part of the team. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, I, I didn't know I said yes yet. But, uh, <laughs> no, no, that's great. Um, so, yeah, we want to also thank, uh, shout out to our Facebook likes. We've actually, just checking right now, um, we have a total of 32 likes, which nine of them just came from this week. So that's pretty cool. So definitely showing growth. I uh, want to, should we read these last names? Well, some of them obviously are people we already mentioned but um yeah well, i'm well, gonna well they, go, they go onto the page and hit the like button and see who <laughs> liked it yeah yeah so they can see it so let's just uh give a shout out real quick to peter gregory nick simpson chris ron caglione fred thompson steven Wanberg, russ cox dave mason oh i'm gonna have a trouble with this last name Dwayne Dwayne Verling, and there's always the there's always the problem with trying to read out names for people that you know, because <laughs> you're always going to hit the ones that you can't pronounce. <laughs> right, <laughs> Tom Well and Christopher Beams, and also uh, one of our club members. Uh, let me get his last name here. It's 
Sorry, give me a second. That was one of the funny things I was uh, I always laugh at with the uh, the community cast guys when they're doing their podcast and they try reading out screen names. And, yeah. and, oh, Mikey's and they're, trying to, read they're trying to read them out phonetically, and sometimes the, the letters and numbers are there to be read out as the letter or the number. <laughs> oh, right. I used to listen to a podcast where they would do that, uh, read off the the five-star reviews, and one guy's name was Norfolk, Norfolk and Way. But when it, it was Norfolk, <laughs> like Norfolk, Virginia, and Way. No, no uh, I-N and then Way. So yeah, it was when he read it, it was hysterical. Uh, yeah. That stuck in my always sticks in my <laughs> mind. That's a, that's a very Bart Simpson type moment there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just want to give a special thanks again to Fred for guest hosting. Um, also hooking up the space on Flight Test Forum podcast. Um, we'll have a link to the actual podcast location, but just to kind of give a quick rundown of it, it's flight test forums under off the field audio and video production other than flight test podcast. And then there's a free for RC podcast section. Uh, if you want to contact us, feel free to hit us up on free RC at gmail.com. You can also reach us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash free RC podcast. And then also now on the flight test forum. So definitely feel free to hit us up. Questions, suggestions, feedback. We'll take all of it. Um, you know, you want to shout out, post something, and we'll shout you out. Yeah. Thanks again, Fred. Thanks, guys. All right. From the flight test. Uh, well, not flight test. From the, <laughs> <laughs> from the F- Freefall RC uh, podcast crew. And from Fred Provost. Thank you, and have a good night. See you next time. See you, guys. Bye.